Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us here for episode number 234. It is Monday, August the 9th, 2021, and we are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. Anything new going on in your world there, oh, Quinn? Oh, nothing much. No? Just, you know, same old, same old, as same, they say. Same new old. Same new old, same new old. That's right. And what we do here is we romp you through the new old as we romp mm-hmm. you through the world of retro wrestling. We have some great topics in store for you, we think, we hope. But before we get to any of that, we have the administrative task one, the housekeeping. Oh, you got to do all that. Got to uh, do gotta, this now. Got to get it cleaned out. Yep. Um, sweep it up. Dust you know, it off and everything. All those things, yeah. Exactly. So... Follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Now, we don't have clips. No clips. People they, keep they, asking. They got mad. It just don't. They're, they're not coming back. We don't want to lose our account. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. So, sorry. We did have clips for a long time. Now, right. we have pictures. And we, we have not moving ones, just no, regular pictures. Still photos. You know, from like the 1800s. Yeah, Remember exactly. those? Remember that tech? I love that tech, actually. Yeah. And if you want some of that tech... Just go follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. It's a drama-free account. We just post shit every day, and it's fun, okay? Uh, so you can follow us there at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But, Quinn, the best place if people want to talk to you and me, and right now over 1,100 other retro wrestling fanatics, is where? Over at uh, facebook.com slash newold. It's a great site, and it's new and it's old. Right, same um, time. It's got a search bar, the, the Facebook dot old, oh, okay. dot new old, dot new old, something like that. You'll, you'll figure it out. Facebook, just Google Facebook. Okay, Google you ever, Facebook. You ever hear of it? In case you never heard of it. Yeah, in case you haven't heard of it, make sure you can log in. Okay. Obviously, right. Type in the search bar. Our vantage point. Dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing bang boom. Tubes gore kafui. Hit the join button and you're in. And all you're agreeing to is one rule on this group and one rule only, which is don't be what, Quinn? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all we mean by that is, look, we know that people have uh, very wildly disparate opinions on wrestling, and it's and, okay. And strong ones. And strong ones. Very strong the, the opinions. The strongest. The strongest like opinions. Like Lex Luger. Exactly. He's like, the strongest. Like Mark Henry. And that's quite welcome here. And whether you want to talk about WWF, WCW, uh, ECW, AWA, the territories, bring all your opinions, bring all your questions. The only thing we ask you is don't be an asshole. Right. That's it. Just don't do it. Just don't know name calling. Just be nice and you can disagree, but, you know, I respectfully disagree. That kind of thing. Yeah, no personal attacks. Right. That's all. And that's over on Facebook. Really, we try to do our best to keep it a fun place. And if you have a Facebook account, you can join. And Quinn, there's one more thing to get to, and then oh, we're then we're done. Then we're off to the races, then, right? Then the show's over. Okay, yeah, we stop. After <laughs> we're going this. to the Belmont. Yeah. And what that thing is, folks, if you like what you hear on OVP, maybe you've been listening for a little bit, maybe a long bit, however long your bit is that you've been listening to us, and you like what we do, we have more content available if you want to support us and if you want that stuff. And that's on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. There's two tiers, okay? There's a $2 tier and a $5 tier, and that's it. The two dollar tier is the nineteen eighty four Canon. More very on, good, very, very good. good. More on that later. Yeah. 
And the $5 tier includes the 1984 canon and the monthly pay-per-view reviews. Quinn, we stopped at the Palace at Auburn Hills. We got off the Lux Express. Yeah, we and, did all that. And he didn't win the fucking title. <sighs> what the <laughs> What were they thinking? I don't, I don't know. know. We'll, we'll listen you to know listen. What, to maybe we'll discuss what they were thinking. Yep, it yeah. just came out, so take a listen to it. And that's over on Patreon. If you want to donate, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael. Yes. This season, we're doing a new opening segment, as we always do. We're doing that. And in this one, folks, we're talking about people that may not be considered amongst the greatest at anything that they've done in wrestling, right? Correct. When you think of your Rushmores, you think, uh, I don't know, Ric Flair? Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan, uh, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, The Rock, yeah, people like that, Bret right? Hart, Shawn Michaels, right. you know, the, the, all the all the names, Undertaker, Undertaker, maybe. And we've talked about a couple of different people so far. You know, we've talked about Barry Darso, the Islanders. Last week was Brother in Love. This one's not a wrestler, right? This is actually a pair of folks that are this week's unsung heroes. Quinn, this is a bit of a change-up. Yep. Who are we talking about today? We're talking about Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire over here. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, baby, I love you. Yes, I do. Now, you might be thinking, Jimmy Hart. Everyone knows yeah, Jimmy Hart. He's the, the ma- best manager right. ever. What, why, why are you talking about Jimmy Hart? He's not on here. We're talking about Jimmy Hart, the songwriter and musician. Yes. And I, I want to start this by saying, I think... That Jimmy Hart and this JJ fella, John McGuire, they get yep. overshadowed a lot by Jim Johnston. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Johnston is like the freaking like, like the Beatles of, of wrestling. Um, he, he, I don't know. I guess his like company Apple Music or whatever yeah. comes out and it's like nobody ever made the wrestling music but me. And you know what, Jim Johnston? Don't get me wrong, because I've you know I always joke around with Jim Johnston and all his songs are sound the same or whatever, but they don't. And Jim Johnson is responsible for many of the classic WWF theme songs. We're not saying he is. Yeah, like the Undertaker's theme right. is him, the Ultimate Warrior, Razor Ramon, Steve Austin, The Rock, like right. all these mankind. So, but I think the general perception of Jim Johnson, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it feels like the WWF acts like he's responsible for like 99% the, yeah. of the music and that there's only like a couple of other songs that you know two people made right like he's like the face of the wwf music division he or was, something yeah, yeah for so long my name is jim johnston and i write the music for the world wrestling federation and he composed a lot of stuff don't get me wrong you know the tv theme songs was him a lot of them pay-per-view themes was him it's not like he doesn't have an awesome body of work but i think and i know you agree quinn that jimmy hart and jj mcguire get overshadowed sometimes because a lot of times when i'm thinking oh man i love this theme who wrote it? It's Jimmy Hart and yeah, J.J. McGuire. And, and it, it, it's more, it's like bigger themes than you think it is. Like you, you're just like, oh, Jimmy Hart, of course. He, what did he do? Honky Tonk Man right, or something. Yeah, you, know obviously. I mean? like, you know what I mean? Like just who cares, right? right. That's like one thing, whatever. Right. But then you start going through the list and you're like, this is like 50%, maybe more of the music. Of the stuff we love from the golden era and WCW, which we'll get to. So without going into the complete biography of Jimmy Hart, we're not talking about him as a wrestling manager. He was in a band, a 60s band called The Gentries, and that's very like, how do I put this nicely? Kind of bubblegum 60s. I don't want to really call it that, but it's not, it's like it's, a, it's the, rock, like, but it's eh. It's during the like era when the Beatles just weren't hit, like they weren't like all cool, whatever they were, hippy dippy yet. 
They weren't hippy dippy. It was mid sixties when they had their first. It was popular to wear like skinny ties and suits and, suits, and shit. Yeah, yeah that. that's all. It's not hard rock or anything right, like that. It's yeah. very rock and roll, baby. And yeah. Jimmy Hart was one of the singers in there, and they did have a, a hit called Keep On Dancing, although Jimmy isn't the singer on it. That's how he, he was a musician from the 60s, got into wrestling later on. And his writing partner was J.J. McGuire, also known as John McGuire or Hurricane McGuire, a musician, right? Yeah. The true master of wrestling ring music, none other than Hurricane J.J. McGuire. These two were approached by Vince to do some songs for the wrestling album in 85. Okay. That was their which you first. you have on the wall over I, there. Yeah, I do, actually, which you can see on the Raw Dump, but don't watch that. Don't ever watch it. <laughs> so Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire wrote a bunch of songs for that, and then obviously for the sequel, which was Piledriver. Remember mm-hmm. Hogan with the hat? Yeah, yeah. Arnie. And, and uh, Coco Beware Coco, is a yeah. big prominent member of that. He's very prominent. Sometimes love is like a slow day. And they parlayed that into writing a bunch of theme songs for wrestlers. So that's kind of the genesis there, right? So let's get into, let's just make this fun. Let's get into some of the songs uh, in the WWF, Quinn. In, in no particular no year particular, order Just here, Here's some of the ones that maybe you guys like these and you're like, oh, that's catchy. This and you're is, like, oh, wait, I thought that was Jim Johnson because he makes every song <laughs> or whatever they say. If you ask WWE, he did. Yeah. The Legion of Doom's theme, which is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, what a rush. Yeah. You know that. Superfly, which I actually like Snooker's like, theme. I do like it. Super, super, super fly. This theme's great, and it's funny because this theme's always interesting because I thought it was weird that Jimmy Snug had a theme because his heyday was way before this. Oh, yeah. And then he gets like a theme in like 1989 or something. Yeah, 1990, something like yeah. that. Here's probably arguably one of the biggest ones that Jimmy Hart wrote is Sexy Boy by Shawn Michaels. Both versions, the sensational <laughs> yes. Sherry, and in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah. Another one of the biggest ones, this in my opinion. This is a opinion. huge one that like nobody talks about because this is like one of the best themes ever. Demolition. Yeah. And you might say, I thought Rick Derringer. No, he sang it. Right. <laughs> he didn't write it, write it. You know, I, I, I think Jimmy Hart, it's obvious he wrote it because they mentioned the names of the wrestlers in it. I don't <laughs> think Jim Derringer would know who they are. Uh, Rick Derringer, yes. Whatever his name is. Also with uh, the Demolition song, you can actually hear the original Jimmy Hart and JJ demo. You ever hear Quinn the instrumental demolition theme like yeah, from '87? I've that, heard that. That's the demo before uh, that, they added Rick Derringer right. to it. I mean, they could have just honestly they could have used that, and, and it, nobody would have known any better. The song's still good. It's very good. Yeah. Here's one for you: the high energy theme, which later became Owen's mid '90s yeah, theme. Yeah, the, the Owen Hart music. Basically. Great song. I I just know that as Owen Hart theme. Owen Hart theme, yeah. basically. The Nasty Boys theme, yeah. which is great. That thing. So that's a weird sounding song, it's by the a, way. It's great, though. What about this one? All American Boys. Classic. See, that's one of those where I would think people would actually be like, of course Jimmy Hart wrote that. Because that yeah. is just, that is the most Jimmy Hart shit. And it's song. got Jacques Rougeau. Yeah. So, of course, right? Jacques Rougeau. His, his, <laughs> that's like one of his other crown jewels, in my opinion, is Jacques Rougeau in the Jimmy Hart stable. Honky Tonk Man and, and uh, Jacques Rougeau, Jacques right? Jacques Rougeau. <laughs> um, yeah. Who else? There, there's like a couple, Earthquake. Yeah. Earthquake. Big fan of Earthquake. And then Hulk, obviously. Of course. Hi, yeah. Hulk! Yeah. What about this one? The Rockers theme. Yeah, that's one nobody would expect, right? Right, because... Both, both Shawn Michaels themes, by the way. Both Shawn themes, yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting, though, about the Rockers theme? Mm-hmm. It's very, very similar in terms of chord progression and things like that to Ultimate Warriors theme. And Johnston wrote the Warriors theme, and I think that came first. Interesting. 
So it's not like one ripped off the other. Maybe Jimmy did subconsciously rip off the warrior theme, but either way, it's good. They were in the same company. Nobody was going to ask any questions. Correct. Common Man Boogie, which is Dusty Rhodes theme. Love it. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a Jimmy Hart joint, man. And there's also Brutus Beefcake's friggin' incredible baseline theme. Sorry, Andrew Rogers. Yeah. What about this one? Another Jacques Rougeau. Of course. I'm the Mountie, which would also be repurposed as we're not the Mounties. Right, we're not the Mounties, <laughs> which would also be the Quebecers theme, too, if yes. you were wondering. Teddy Biasi's theme, a classic Another WWF one. theme. Yeah, money, 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 money. This is all Jimmy Hart, folks, and this is why we think he's unsung. And maybe maybe over the last decade or so, the perception has improved with him, but mm-hmm. I feel like it was never, WWF never, maybe it's because he was in WCW all the all that time. I don't know. They just wrote him off and they were like, Jim Johnson wrote every song <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. Like, didn't they make a whole DVD yes. just about how good Jim Johnson is and we kiss his feet and right. stuff? Like, And don't get me wrong, folks. This is not to put down Jim Johnson. He has great songs, too. But it's more of a 50-50 situation than it is a, like, you know, 90-10% right. situation. I mean, all these songs we're naming, they're all fucking awesome for the mm-hmm. most part, right? Mm-hmm. What about this one? Bret Hart's theme. Well, I mean, Jimmy Hart, Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah, makes Hart sense. Foundation. Yeah. I mean, that really is the Hart Foundation theme. It, it is, the original one. Obviously, Jim Johnson reworked right. the Jimmy he, Hart version. Yeah. Hey, the the base, the, the baseline, the whatever, the lines. Yeah, the they foundation. Were, the foundation was written by Jimmy Hart. Exactly. Uh, Orient Express theme, which is catchy. I like that one. Very catchy. Obviously, we don't need to say this one. Yes, cool, cocky, and bad. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Well, some people might have thought Honky Talk Man wrote it, because remember, he was a big musician. Yeah, he can play guitar really well. Yeah, he's very good at that. (laughs) Crank it up, obviously, infamously, the Young Stallions, Mm -hmm. which you might know anytime they would debut like a new face in like a tryout match, they would come out to crank it up, you know, as late as The Rock. What? In 96, I think. I Did think. they just, because they oh, Jimmy Hart technically <laughs> wrote it for them, so they, they owned? I think they own it, yeah. yeah okay. WWE always owned it. Big Boss Man's theme is Jimmy Hart. Wow, look at that. Big <laughs> Boss Man's got a great theme. Repossessor Blues, which is the Repo Man's theme. Another one that I love. I'm not going to lie. That seems like a Jimmy Hart thing. Just Repo it Man, does. Jimmy Hart. Mm. They both talk high up. Yeah, that also means Smash had both of its themes written by. <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised if the Blacktop Bullies theme was also written by Jimmy Hart. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. These are people that seem to would have associated with Jimmy Hart. Right. Greg Valentine's WWF theme, which is okay. It's mm-hmm. not terrible. Mm-hmm. And Earthquake, of course, the yeah. natural disasters Doom. and Earthquake. Doom. It's very Doom. simple, but it's very memorable. Yeah. Now, that's WWF, right? Right, WF. And folks, this is a little bit of a departure, because normally we run through someone's career and blah, blah, blah. But this is, I think... We're trying to make the case by giving you the music. Exactly. It's like that that this guy is really the top, one of the top wrestling music people. Yeah, exactly. And that extended into WCW, who they do have some good themes. I like to crap on them. And I'm not going to name all the ones that he wrote in WCW, but the Wolfpack theme, Jimmy Hart had a hand in. Right. Wasn't entirely him. Medusa's theme. Yeah. One of Quinn's favorites, Mr. Wonderful's it's theme. It's great. <laughs> Wonderful, you know. This is that, that you know why that theme, I love that theme. The reason it exists is because of the backstory with Spivey with the hair and everything. Yeah. And like like he didn't have it until like basically until Gary Spivey. And the whole idea was that Gary Spivey was like trying to like make him feel better about himself. <laughs> and then they're like, You're gonna get a new theme now. Wonderful! <laughs> you know he's Mr. And he's and he's all confident again. Yep. Buff Bagwell's theme. Yep. His famous one was Jimmy yeah. Hart. Humorous. Yeah. <laughs> he, ha, 
<laughs> did you also know that he wrote American Males, Quinn? Yeah, of course he did. It's fucking awesome. <sighs> American Males. American Males. I mean, there's a lot. I can't. We can't yeah. name all of them here. Rap is crap, though. Jimmy That's Hart was definitely involved. Definitely seems like something he wrote. <laughs> These are all notable. Yeah. Uh, Dungeon of, of Doom. Yeah, I mean, that is seriously, that's amazing. I love that one. He also obviously did uh, the Nasties WCW theme because it's got right. lyrics, but it's still the WWF. Remember how the Nasties WCW is like yeah. the same? Here's a, here's a big, obvious Jimmy Hart music. The Booty Man's theme. Yeah, of He's course. He's got the booty. Of course. That's so Jimmy it's Hart. not that bad either. Yeah. He also did some Nitro Girl stuff, yep. you know, that they would dance to. But that's very generic. You'll like this one, Quinn. He did uh, What Up Mach. <laughs> that, to me that music alone like reshaped the macho man in general like <laughs> yeah i know he was like so weird in that time period that i kind of liked it as a kid because i was like this is so different he had the nipple shirt he had the nipple shirt <laughs> he had like three girls with him and he and he just he looked cool for right. whatever reason. I was like, damn, he doesn't look like an old man anymore. This is amazing. <laughs> no, you're right. And Jimmy Hart did a lot of other ones. He also did Honky's WCW theme. He did a American Made Quinn. Yeah. Hogan's. Um, yeah, the other Hulk Hogan theme. Yeah. And I'm sure the list goes on and on at the risk of just naming every single one. I think, though, Quinn, mm -hmm. why this is important is obviously entrance music, I think, plays a big part in the experience of wrestling, right? Yes. It just does. I mean... You and I have seen when people switch to like a shittier song. Like Demolition. Like Demolition, for example. Please don't tell me that secretly Jimmy Hart wrote the like crappy Demolition <laughs> theme and like they just don't mention that. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was Jim Johnston. What uh, if that's true? It could be. I, 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 can somebody find out? <laughs> can someone look it up who wrote the shitty theme? Yeah. Uh, but I think that entrance music, especially because it really started to come into prominence around the later 80s, mid or late 80s in WWF anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just tied to so many people's memories, you know, hearing Real American, which did Jimmy Hart write that? We didn't mention that. I don't think so. I don't think the he original, wrote that one, right? No. But hearing Real American, for example, as a song, or hearing Ted DiBiase's music, or Ultimate Warriors, regardless of who wrote these songs, right, they're tied to an experience or a memory, and they associate well with the characters, and they just kind of, they just, it wouldn't be the same without it, you know? Yeah. The music of wrestling has a way of like associating with you with a time up in a place and a character. Sometimes I'll listen back to the themes and memories rush to my head about like certain events or, yeah. you know, pay-per-views or, you know, the wrestler celebrating with a title belt or something like that. And I don't know. They, they, it is very important to the whole experience to me. And um, absolutely, I think it's something that like, you know, is kind of unsung as far as like the people who write it. They really are a big part of our memory of every wrestling character. Absolutely, Quinn. And the reason we picked Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire is because you're right, especially starting in the mid-90s when they started to really mention Jim Johnston by name and have magazine articles on him and stuff. Jimmy Hart was in WCW, so, you know, I get that. But even afterwards, once Vince owned this competition... Yeah, once, and Jimmy was, like, firmly just back in the company. You know, right. or good graces. Or good or graces. All I knew is that, like, Jimmy Hart, sometimes he would, like see random shit from yeah. the backstage and Jimmy Hart's just back there again and <laughs> you're like what looking like, the same yeah it's just like yeah do that baby or whatever <laughs> like what is he like still producing or whatever like I I can never figure out what Jimmy Hart's backstage title was like post being a manager because I don't think he, he had one because sometimes you would just notice some stuff and you'd be like why is Jimmy Hart back there in like 2005 or something and you're like confused I think he was just an agent when they when yeah. he felt like it or something yeah. you know? <laughs> I don't something know like, like it's like weird <laughs> But Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire wrote so many classic songs. We named a bunch of them. That's not all of them. 
And we want to know your song. You know, do you like a lot of these Jimmy Hart ones or do you like the Jim Johnson ones? Do you like, but I'm not saying it has to be one or the other. I just figured, and so did Quinn, that we would sing the praises of Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire. So you guys are this week's unsung heroes. Quinn, anything else? Uh, that's it for me. All righty. So let's play us out of here. But uh, folks, when we come back, guess what? It is week two of the Royal Flush. That's right. The worst celebrities in wrestling. We're pulling two more out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. The Royal Flush is coming up. Right after this. From Montreal to Memphis, I live in France. Tell all the girls the Rougeau's on their way. The call of pretty boys, we're not a muscle head. We hate that long hair look, we like that crack they look instead. We're all American boys. All American boys. When over 10,000 pounds of beef comes roaring at you, it can mean only one thing. The Wrestling Album with Hulk Hogan's theme, A Real American, Hillbilly Jim's Don't Go Messing With a Country Boy, Don't Mess With a Country Boy. Plus performances by Roddy Piper, Nikolai Volkov, Captain Lou, Jimmy Hart, Mean Gene, and the Junkyard Dog. Grab a copy of The Wrestling Album on Epic Records and Tapes, available at your record store. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. Who cares? And now back to the best wrestling podcast no one's ever heard of, OVP. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode 234, Monday, August the 9th. Quinn was uh, dancing to the Booty Man theme during the break. Uh, yeah, I wanted to hear it over again. because this, this is real. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard it in years, and it is very, very good. It is good. You know what else is good, though? If people like our show, Quinn, if yeah. they do. Do they? I don't know. They might. They, they might. And if they do, they can get more OVP content. Oh, and, they can. And that's strictly voluntary, obviously, and that's on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you like our weekly show, it'll always be here for you. Mm-hmm. But if you want more, we have more. Now, we mentioned, Quinn, the $2 tier is the 1984 canon. So that means that we've watched all of 1982, mm-hmm. all of 1983. We have. And now we are in January of 1984. This is WWF Championship Wrestling. We watch every single episode week by week, and you get to either watch it along with us in video form, or you can just listen if you want to. It's available in two forms. And especially once we turn that corner into 84, Quinn, people are all excited about this now. They're like, they're like, this show's good. I, I don't blame them. There's good <laughs> things happening. It's very, it's just an excellent, fun thing to do it's an is hour. to watch along, and it's quick. Yeah, like you can either you can have the audio and you can just listen to it or yep. whatever, or even better, this is this is the optimal way to watch is to have your uh, laptop or <laughs> iPad device or whatever you have. Right. Put it on the side at work. iPad device. Yeah, put it put it on the side if if you're in an office. Put the headphones in. Just kind of leave it on in the background, full screen. Let OVP distract you and at then, work. Yeah, and then. You know, you you just look over every now and then, but you're mostly listening to it as a podcast. See, I'm I'm giving the tips. This of, is a good of, tip of, of watching it. It's very good. And another good tip is that it's only two bucks a month. So if you're willing to spot that for one month just to try it out, mm-hmm. go ahead and sign up. Okay, and you're going to get an episode every single week in the entire back catalog. Now that's just two bucks a month. Then on the five dollar tier, you're going to get the 1984 canon, and in addition to that, you're going to get our monthly pay per view reviews. Now these come out every single month. We started with the first WrestleMania, and out right now is SummerSlam 93. You get to hear what we think of every WWF pay-per-view in order. These are like three and a half hours, usually, these shows. They're, they're big ends. They're meant to last you a while. Yeah, you they're know? meant to last you the month. Yeah. And so you can kind of, uh, maybe I'll do two matches now, you know. Some people get really carried away. They just listen to it straight through right away. Right they, after it's released. Yeah. They're like commenting and on it And then they're waiting, they're waiting like a <laughs> yeah. whole month for the rest. 
Whatever floats your boat, you can sail on over to <laughs> patreon.com slash OV. I should have been a writer for like some horrible 80s show. You yeah, you could have been. I could have been. That's you not a compliment, though. Well, that's a good thing. No, it's you, not. You could have written America's favorite sitcoms. Maybe the sitcom wouldn't have died if it, if you had been writing these jokes. Oh, is that what it is, yeah. actually? Maybe Alf would have continued another yes. season? Yes. Head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want the $2 or $5 tier. My recommendation is give it a shot for August, okay? You don't even pay up front. We don't have that turned on. Give it a shot for August. If you don't like it, just cancel. There's no obligation, right. okay? Anyway, Michael? Yes? We're doing the Royal Flush. Do people know what that is? They might not if they they're may new. They may or may not know. Right. Maybe you should explain it. Okay. Just in case we have any yeah, newcomers. Just the, the, the noobs. The noobs. No, newbies, yeah. So what the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush is, folks, is we ask you, the fans, before the season starts, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season... It was celebrities in wrestling, in general, not just WrestleMania, not just WWF, in general. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he takes all of your votes, he compiles them into two separate tanks, one tank for the best and one for the worst. Each week, we alternate and we pull out two names at a time, we rank them, and then by the end of the season, what you will have is the definitive certified organic, baptized, non-GMO, ordained, USDA certified organic and healthy, best and worst celebrities in wrestling. Quinn? Yes? There's only two names on the board right now in right. the flush. Big list. Big list here, so this is easy to run down. At number one, still looking for that beef, still looking for the microphone, Clara Peller. Or Claire Peller. As Gene and Quinn say. Yeah. <laughs> number two, yeah, Jane Leno here. <laughs> and there he is. And we understand uh, why both of these people are on this list, Oh, Quinn. we do. We understand, all right. I guess to lay out, you know, the criteria always kind of mutates as we go on here, but listen, a good celebrity in wrestling adds a lot to the product. <laughs> They do a good job at what they were hired to do, regardless right. of what that is. Yeah. Whether they, it's, they, they, they fit that, what they were advertised to right. be. Whether it's a ring announcer or a wrestler or a special ref, whatever it might be, right? Mm -hmm. They do a good job. They're into it. They don't embarrass the company. Right. Now, a bad celebrity, Quinn, really doesn't do any of those things, they, do they? They don't now. contribute anything. They, they either don't contribute anything or they fuck up. Which, <laughs> what they're, which they're, is why I feel so torn about Jay Leno being on this list, because I do think that did sort of help them. I think our main point is that at the end of the day, it's Jay Leno. That's the only problem. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's Jay Leno right, in yeah. the nineties and no one liked him. Like, well, WCW's target demo probably didn't like Maybe. him. Maybe perhaps, perhaps, but obviously as we add names to the tank, we see where they rank. We will refine our criteria, but I think when it's time to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal flush. Okay. Let's yeah, do it. Let's do that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal. Coming up next, is the Money in the Bank ladder match. Claire Peller! Uh-oh. For a guy who never shuts up, you sure don't have much to say, mean Gene. Well, not. How much does he weigh, the talker? Sting has been tased by the horseman, but here comes Robocop, Bob! Can you tell me we just didn't see Kevin Federline? It's the Royal Flush, week number two. This is a match. This is a match. This is a number two, all yeah. right. Uh, so, folks, obviously, we have to Hey. This is not. Hey, can we get that under control, this please? This is getting a little carried away. Okay, it's getting old, guys, with the. Okay. Yeah. So, we have two names on the board, and. Whoop, stop. What? Hey. And there's going to be two more added to the tank. We've talked about. 
Clara Peller or Claire. Claire. Otherwise known as Claire. <laughs> We've talked about Jalen. I had Jarinoth. Yeah. Now we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna add another name to the list. Let's find out what's going on with these bad celebrities. This is a lot of fun. This is a stupid fun this segment. Is, this is I, I look forward to the flush of this. You should, this is this is great. You should see the smiles on our faces, but don't watch the raw video. Yeah, we don't do, ever watch it. <laughs> it's on the two dollar tier also, but we don't mention it. Just it's don't It's not advertise. <laughs> All right, so with that said, why don't we get down to the fans? And find out who drew number three. This man is Herb. Quinn, where's Herb? Yeah, where is he? I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> this is one of your favorite things, isn't it, Joe? I, I, I don't, I no, you are a fan of this because no, I'm not. anytime... Anytime Herb comes up, you give the you love to give the long drawn out <laughs> explanation of of Herb. It's like one of your favorite hey. things to talk about because it's stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> now a lot of you folks probably know who Herb is if you were alive and cognizant in the mid eighties. Now Herb, yeah, if you weren't though, you're like, who the fuck is Herb? <laughs> yeah, it's not even, where's Herb? It's I'm who's not, Herb? I'm saying even if you were born in like. 1986. Yes, like I was. You're like, who the fuck is her? <laughs> right. Because unless you were at least, I don't know, like Five. six or seven, maybe. Yeah. And, and above, you don't right. know what the fuck Herb was. Right. And maybe some of our fans don't. Yeah. Let's tell them. So Herb appeared at WrestleMania two. This marks our second celebrity now from WrestleMania two of the hundreds that and, they had. And incidentally, Quinn marks our second fast food related celebrity for <laughs> WrestleMania 2. One of our favorite topics, which there's an acid wash memories of there, that, isn't there? There is. Now, Herb, unlike Clara Peller, mm-hmm. was a much less successful advertising campaign that Burger King did. Now, Clara Peller was Where's the Beef? Right. For Wendy's, right? Now, Wendy's was never going to be the number one chain, obviously. Right, right. So, Claire's um, success was actually huge for Wendy's. It was great for Wendy's. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, they're like the big number three or four, maybe. I don't know. Burger King was solidly number two, as they often are, right? And they're the Pepsi to the Coke, right? Right, of course. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. But Burger King was very successful, obviously. And in 1985, kind of on the heels of the Where's the Beef campaign, which was in 84 and how successful that was... Burger King's advertising agency, the J. Walter Thompson Agency. Oh, of course, them. They actually decided to put together a bizarre campaign <laughs> that <laughs> involved cryptic messages mm-hmm. talking about Herb. Yeah, Herb. Herb. Burger King presents a musical message to Herb. Who's Herb, right? Who the fuck is Herb? This is around, I want to say, the fall of 85, like November of 85, okay. right? Okay. And then they unveil it where it's like, okay, Herb is the only man. Right. To never have eaten a Burger King Whopper. Interesting. Very stupid, First but of very all, interesting. There's no way that that statement is true. The yeah, only man to never eat a Whopper. The only man. At this time, Burger King begins a nationwide search for one man. His name is Herb. They even had this like backstory, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, that he's from Wisconsin. <sighs> I do miss this. Something ab- with cheese. <laughs> I miss this. Decoy as- ducks. <laughs> I miss this aspect of um, advertising, especially in the 80s and uh, early 90s still, where there was backstory to the ads. Like, for example, remember at Fruit Roll-Ups Factory, there'd always be like issues. They, and that, they didn't and, shut that fucking factory and, down. And Quinn. that's why like 
for example, like sometimes they come out and the colors are all mixed up and Ooh, everything. Oh, well, accident! Now the shit is green and blue. Yeah, it's like, and, sorry, we're not going to fix it. We're just going <laughs> to fucking sell it. Fucking or OSHA in there. Some yeah. violations going on. Seriously, I'll tell you that much. it is. It is odd <laughs> that there was. But this is what I mean about advertising backstory. That there was. They would try to set up some kind of like lore around <laughs> the advertising. <laughs> That'd be like if the progressive lady. Um, Flo had backstory, which I think she does. Now. I don't want to know. I don't yeah. want to know. But I mean, it, it, like again, is what I'm saying is I, I love this idea that advertising characters, yeah, that, that have legitimate backstory. It's really funny. It's really really great, Quinn. This is very this this worked. Yep. So anyway, we don't know who this guy is until the Super Bowl of '86, right? January, right? And we find out that oh, he's a nerd because of course he is because only a nerd wouldn't eat at Burger oh, King. I see, yeah, you get it. So he's got like the typical nerd glasses mm-hmm. and the pants that are too short. Pocket you know, protector. Ha ha. Yeah. Herb the nerd. Hoo yeah. hoo hoo. Right. Really funny. Right. Yeah. Ha ha ha. And anyway, the whole deal is this guy's going to be wandering around Burger Kings in the U.S. Now, why I don't know if he's never eaten a fucking Whopper. But if you spot him at a Burger King, first of all, what is he doing there? If he doesn't is he, eat a is he trying to build because he's like a kind of a, a nerd who's, a, who's scared or whatever. Do you I think, hate him. I'm going to invent some headcanon here. Please. He's going around the nation and he's trying to like build up confidence to get ready to eat a Whopper. <laughs> Shut up. And he's he's like, this will be the day, right? He's, he, as he gets in his like really old, old maybe an old mobile yeah. or something like that. And it, it's all like rickety because he's a nerd or whatever. Heads on in a Davenport, Iowa. Yeah. And he's like, this will be the day I eat a Whopper. And then he kind of chicken that chickens out and gets a different thing. Gets a chicken. Gets a chicken sandwich <laughs> or I don't I did Burger King even have a chicken sandwich in the eighties? BK broiler, didn't okay. they? I don't think they I don't did. Know. I think they did. I them getting chicken no, was a big deal. No, the, the BK broiler I think was fucking there. BK broiler. It's good. <laughs> anyway. Dusted roll. Hey, burger bitch. Your high-pitched partner is correct. The BK broiler wasn't introduced until 1990. Also, fuck you. Okay, so anyway, if you're in there eating your fucking sandwich and you see this nerd, right? you win $5,000. Also, everyone that's in the restaurant with you gets entered into a drawing to win a $1 million grand prize. Wasn't there something I'm with Herb or some shit? I'm like, not, I'm, uh, what is it? What is I'm that? I'm with Herb. What, what, I thought there was more. There was yes, more. There's to, more. More to this. So that's phase one, right? right so oh, phase one. So okay. now, now when you're in there with your kid and you're, he's dicking around and you got to keep one eye on your kid, one eye out for a fucking nerd that's never yeah. eaten a fucking hamburger <laughs> cool real good look around the stupid store the whole time how does that make people buy shit i don't know wait sometimes ridiculous you're in the, sometimes you're in the line at the burger king and you ever notice the burger king's got the twirly twirl so that the line doesn't seem as long you know what yeah, i mean they think they're clever yeah so, That's really pisses so, maybe, me off. so maybe they thought well if people are waiting in the line anyway right yeah the minds will give them something to do I guess so. You yeah. look around for Herb. <laughs> yeah, look around for Herb. Creepy. Yeah. I would see if I could, I would dress up like Herb and fuck with people. Could you imagine if you, nowadays you dressed up like Herb, right, and you went to a bunch of Burger Kings to say <laughs> you like revive the campaign or whatever? <laughs> How have they? By the way, that seems like a great. Like I feel like I've just. Burger King, if Just you're listening, I figured it out. This Bring is how back. we get you past McDonald's. Yep. Like, I know you're still hunting, right? Because McDonald's is still dominating. This is it, right? Revive the herb. Revive camping. Herb. Revive Herb. You know how you can get, you can cast a new Herb? Just make sure he's kind of balding and has glasses. Yeah, Jason Alexander. Yeah, there you go. Could be Herb. Yeah, he could be the new Herb. He hasn't been around for a while. He's not doing much. Yeah. Anyway, the other deal here is that this is a wrestling podcast. This is called Backstory. Mm-hmm. So hang tight, okay? The other deal here is that 
once you're in there, if you tell the cashier, who probably mm-hmm. hates that everyone has to do this, if you say, I'm not Herb, when you're right. ordering like a fucking <laughs> asshole, you get a, a Whopper for 99 cents. Oh, okay. There you go. There's there's the aspect of customer participation right. that I was talking about. But what if your name is Herb? Oh, well, then what do you do? <laughs> you say, I'm not the Herb you're looking for. Oh, I see. I see. And so anyway, Herb <laughs> so after he appears at the Super Bowl and they're going on with this stupid freaking campaign, the WWF, I guess, decides, you know what'll be great? We have the Where's the Beef Lady coming right. to Chicago. Why We have a boxing match here in New York. That has a lot to do with Herb. Why don't we get him to be the guest timekeeper? Oh, I see. Okay, so Herb's going to be involved. Yes. Now, you would think this whole scenario, Joe, would have been better. They also got, like, Ronald McDonald or some shit. You know they probably wanted to. The all three. For LA. All fucking three. Yeah. That would have been... Awesome. They got Elvira instead. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted Ronald McDonald. Maybe Elvira was supposed to be Ronald McDonald initially saying. and like, you know, like <laughs> Croc or whatever, if he was still alive from McDonald's, he was probably like, you're not, you're not taking McDonald's on this trip. Yo, fuck your wrestling yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like this shit, we're bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, we don't need you. Yeah. People know us. To be honest, does McDonald's <laughs> no, need WWF? Absolutely no, not. not at all. So anyway, WWF's going to have Herb at WrestleMania too, right? Okay. Now here's the thing. Although there was some initial interest in this whole Herb campaign when it started, mm-hmm. after they revealed who he was at the Super Bowl, which is January, remember, WrestleMania is April, right. their profits fell by like 40%. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, because WrestleMania is fucking stupid. So, he, so wait, him being a nerd made <laughs> everyone know. hate the Herb shit? I don't know what, what it was. What did they think he was going to be, like a superhero or some shit? I have no idea. Huh. But you know what? Was like a big beefy guy because it's Burger King? You get it? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Maybe they thought that. You know what Wendy's did, though? What? They had signs outside some, some of their locations saying, Herb eats here. <gasps> Fucking, Ooh. that's good, man. I, can we revive that, too? Once the, I want the Herb Wars to begin again. I want again. some Herb Wars, man. Yeah. That's smart of Wendy's, though, because if the whole premise is that like Herb doesn't like Burger King... Well, he could be eating at McDonald's or Wendy's. Why would he go Maybe to... Maybe White Castle, that, even. That's why I don't understand why you have to look for him in a Burger King if he never eats there, but... I digress. Well, you, maybe you'll finally see the moment when he tries the Whopper, right? right? It's true. Yeah, maybe that's what it's for. Yeah. Anyway, Joan Rivers was the guest ring announcer for the Mr. T. Roddy Piper boxing fiasco I don't want to even go into it because we might have to get into her later. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know if she's voted in because that's one of my favorite bad celebrity appearances. But my favorite things is that she says Jack Lowitz instead right. of Jack Lotz, right? Right. Jack Lowitz! The most notable is... The ace comedy and funny man, Mr. Bob Orvin. Yep, those are all real things that she says. The ace comedy and funny man, Mr. Bob Orvin. And then, Herb! Yeah. And now someone I have been dying to meet. The timekeeper, Herb! Herb, there he is. So then Herb... Herb! (laughs) Herb! Herb gets into the ring, does a really weird dance... And then leaves, and we never fucking see him ever again. <laughs> that's it. That's, we, don't, that's, we, we don't even know if he kept time. That's why WWF went out of their way <laughs> to get fucking Herb. So he could, because <laughs> he does like a dorky dance and then leaves. And then he leaves. Like, does like a tippy toes thing. Yeah. Like, and, and he's got, he's even got the, you know, the white socks with the short, yeah, the, with the short pants. Like, it's all. Ugh. You know who's a better nerd than he is? Jameson. Yeah. Jameson. Is much better. Who do you think would win in a fight, Jameson or Herb? I think Jameson because I mean he knows how to do that kick with his arms in the air. Yeah, I think, I don't know though. Herb looked a little, he had a couple pounds on Jameson, especially, especially eating those whoppers more mm-hmm. recently, huh? Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's all that happened, and this advert, this ad campaign was so horrible that 
Burger King said, you know what, J. Walter Thompson Agency or whatever the fuck it is, bye. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they can come along and have better things like the Baking Crisp Cheddar Ranch with, with well, Cootie and fucking Burger King Kids Club with the with the cool guy. Yeah, or whatever. Kid Vid and all Kid these people. Kid Vid, yeah. Anywho, this was pointless. Right. Does that make it bad? I mean, Herb the Celebrity is bad, though, right? Like, if we're well, being honest. Honestly, I think it's a poor choice by WF because, yeah. like I said, it, it's not... Nobody cares. It's just... It's <laughs> yeah, just like, nobody cares. <laughs> he just tiptoed around and, like, it's like, neat. There's Herb. Yeah. Herb! 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 So we'll see where he ranks, but that's the story of Herb, folks. Fucking he was horrible. <laughs> His backstory is more interesting than the actual appearance. Like, you told us everything we needed to know about the appearance in, in like, like, a, a, minute, a, like right? a minute, because that's all it is. But that might be a telltale sign of why it's bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's Herb. That's number three. Uh, I have nothing else to say about him. Well, we've explained Herb thoroughly, so. Quite a whopper of a selection there. Yeah, whopper of a story there. Want to move on to number four? Sure. Count us down, fans. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I told you, Vince. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What, what is this? A WrestleMania 2, like, tribute so, segment? I, I've always had a feeling with the voting on this flush that WrestleMania 2 is going to hold a lot of a lot of spots on this list. Because this WrestleMania 2... I almost like WrestleMania 2 better than for the car wreck aspect of the celebrities because there's just an insane amount of stupid shit going on. I totally agree. Now, this is Susan St. James, folks, if you didn't pick up on the... Now, who the fuck is Susan St. James? Because that, as a kid, I was pre-internet watching this shit on tape. Who the hell is that? Once again, it's someone that, if you're born in 1985 or 6, like we were, you won't know who she is, you know, at the time because she actually kind of retired from acting in the late 80s. But Susan St. James... Her, I guess, breakthrough role was on a show from the 70s called Macmillan and Wife. Excuse me? It was kind of like a, it was a cop show, essentially, like a detective show or whatever. Okay. And she was on that. She was the wife, obviously. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the wife of Macmillan. Yes. If a strange woman wrote a composition and named it after me and sent me flowers and invited us to dinner and I said I didn't know her and never met her, well, <laughs> what would you think? You know exactly what I'd think. No wonder I'm riddled with guilt. McMillan was played by Rock Hudson. You've heard uh, of him. Yeah, Rock Hudson. Wasn't he from like the 40s He's or something? An actor from a long time ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Susan St. James was uh, just, I guess, a notable actress. She had done things before that. And she was a kind of a notable actress in the 70s. And then moved on in the 80s, uh, starting in 1984, to a show, again, way under my radar, mm-hmm. called Kate and Alley. It was a sitcom on CBS. I see. Oh, I forgot you don't play chess. You should let me teach you. It's a lot of fun. She starred in it with Jane Curtin, who you might know from Saturday Night Live from mm-hmm. the 70s or anything yeah. else, right? And it was on for about five years, 84 to 89. It was never was never one of those shows that was to be like, this is the best show ever. It was just one of those sitcoms, she, like, like Evening yeah. Shade, where it's just on, but I, no one cares. I understand. You know yeah. what I mean? She reeks of that, like, the whole her whole vibe at this WrestleMania leaks of Regis and Kathy Lee in the, like, living room kind set of. and, like, Big blouses and shoulder pads and, you know, just this, how you doing, hon? Like, that, I, I don't know why. Like, the whole, just her with Vince in that, well, whatever, in like whatever, office what, chairs. whatever that place is, it's just, it has a, it has such a vibe of, like, your mother and her friends kind of thing it going does, on. Like, you know what I mean? Now, I'm not going to say, I, I want to be fair to Susan here. She was talented. She was a good actress. She was, she was well-known, a very pretty woman also in her day, and... She um, was also married to Dick Ebersole. Right. 
And that's that's really why she's here, right? I mean, I guess let's Quinn. be honest. But to be fair, though, to be fair, she was on a notable, if not famous, you know, notable sitcom while WrestleMania 2 was going on. Like, Kate Nally was on, so it wasn't like she was a complete okay. nobody. Fair enough. You know, so right. maybe Dick just got her. Maybe Vince wanted her. I don't know how it works. This works, is one but. of those, like, here's the thing. is celebrities or not even celebrities, like, even B-tier celebrities, if they're doing a um, a show that's newish and they yep. want to do uh, publicity, yep. usually they get booked around a lot of stupid shit. It's not, <laughs> yes. just, it's not just WrestleMania. It's, like I said, Regis and Kelly and The Tonight Show and... You know, to go out and say, I'm on this show, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then they, they have an interview with them. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, this reeks of that, too. That maybe this is just more of a timely one. Because it's WrestleMania timely, 2 yeah. had so many dumb things going on. So much dumb shit, right? Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if that this was just like, oh, this is just another on the on the hype Kate Nally train of publicity. Right. Maybe. You know? Now, she was also, um, this is minor trivia. You know uh, Krista Miller from the Drew Carey show, Kate? Yeah, Kate. And she was also on Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Susan St. James is her aunt. Aunt? Yes. Aunt St. James. Aunt St. James. Interesting. Now, this is no Herb story here. This is a lot more simple than Herb, right? All right. So she was an actress. Long and short of it, she was a, a notable actress, but I don't know if I'd call her famous. But again, I wasn't cognizant in 1986. Yeah. I wouldn't she know. Had a, she had a... You know what I thought was interesting about her appearance on WF when she showed up? But her voice is really gruff. Her, her, yeah, it was like she smoked on, a lot or something. Come on, George. Yeah, like I, I don't know what that was about. Was it just, I wonder if that was how she was on the show too? I, I think or she just, lost her voice. Maybe she was just talking like that. I don't yeah. know. Oh, another one. P is back up. Oh, knocked his mouth. He almost knocked his mouth. Uh oh. So Susan St. James is one of the first people we see once Vince McMahon welcomes us to the NASA part, the first right. part of WrestleMania too. So Vince is in the ring, introduces Ray Charles, and then we go up to the booth. Or whatever the fuck that is, the platform with the chairs, and it's got carpet and it's got padded chairs with armrests and, and stuff. It, it, it's with armrests and like there's clearly like a glass window to the arena behind them. Yeah, like they're like in something. They're in like literally one of those um, luxury booths. That's what it comes off as. Like they're, they're in a box. Like they're sitting in a nice box seat at like a hockey arena. It is now my pleasure to introduce to you my color co-host and America's number one actress today. Would you please welcome Miss Susan St. James? She's there the whole portion with Vince. She's the color commentator. Right. She's just there. I get why she's on here. Look, I mean, she's not a wrestling commentator. And she's very famous for saying, uh-oh, a million times. Right. So that that's her big claim to fame, right? right. The whole uh-oh. show, uh-oh, uh-oh. uh-oh. Every, uh-oh. Like every two seconds. Yeah, especially during the George Steele match. Here coming after him. Uh-oh. And then during the George Steele-Randy Savage match, not only do we get uh-oh, we get, come on, George. Get him, George. <laughs> oh, George. No, George. oh, George. George. No, George. No, George. No, no, George. Come on, George. Yeah. Like, in the gruff. In the oh, gruff. Come on, come George. On, George. Eat him, George. Sounds like Marge's, like, um, sisters. Like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, this gruff voice is just, it, it really come sticks on. with me. Like, come on, George. Come yeah. on, George. All right, George. Eat his leg. Here's the thing. Susan St. James, I have to give her credit. She's into it. She also did the whole portion. like The whole hour. Now, this is one of those things where um, I feel like she was hired to do something and she did it. Like, it, this is actually, I, I know. in a weird way, delivering, even though I think she's just different. I don't see this as bad. She's, you know? yes. You know? That's she's all. authentic. Yeah. 
the way she's reacting, she, first of all, she knows the storylines that are going on. Which is weird. She's briefed on it. They told her. As if somebody gave her a copy of the storylines written out and she read it before. I mean, she's a professional actress. Yeah. Just memorize shit, right? Yeah. She knew what was going on. She put over the whole George Seal Savage thing more than anything, right? She was right. into the bot. She didn't embarrass the yeah. company. She said, uh oh, a million times. I understand. There's a very idiosyncratic the way she was speaking and things like that. It's just an, uh, like, an auditory crutch. Yeah, you right. know, like yeah. that's nothing. Like, exactly. That's, that, that's a normal thing people speaking, you know, yeah. will say, uh, what or, you know, something like that. She did a little better than Kathy Lee Crosby in the sense that Kathy Lee Crosby was like, I've never watched wrestling That was before. one of my favorite. <laughs> I hope Kathy Lee Crosby makes the list, but I think Kathy Lee Crosby... She was authentic, too. ...is way more admirable because she just straight out admitted yeah. at the beginning. She's like, oh, I've never watched this before. I'm really excited for <laughs> yeah. it, though. My my dad watched wrestling with me like once or My grandfather. Or my grandpa or something. Of, yeah, it's like something like that. Yeah. But I got to give Susan St. James credit in the sense that she... She reacted to what she saw as a normal person would. Mm-hmm. She tried her best to actually get into it and be right. and be involved. I'm not saying she's a good wrestling color commentator. I will say the way they planned this out was helpful for having celebrities on commentary, and I'll tell you why. Because if you had celebrities on commentary on a three-hour show, oh, oof. that would have been bad. But if you say to the celebrity, we're going to do you know, four matches or something, yeah. and you're just going to hang out and yeah. make comments on them, that seems like normal. Yeah. Like, it seems like a, a, an easy, like, well, how long was Susan St. James' segment at most on commentary? Like, 50 minutes or something? Total match time? Yeah, probably not even, right? Yeah. Probably 40 if that? Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. There's promos and there's exactly. all the in-between things. Yeah. That's it's, like going bowling and trying it for the first time or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you, know you go. I mean? Like, it's just one of those. There you go. So, I don't know. I mean... She's memorable because of the uh-ohs and the get him, George. But in my mind, it's memorable in like a humorous, happy way. It's not like... I don't have like bad memories of this. Yeah. I, I, I personally thought, that's weird, but also like, I don't really have that big of an issue with it. It, it doesn't bother me, I yeah. guess, is all I'm trying to say. It doesn't, my, it doesn't, it's not as bothersome as Herb. Well, Herb is just stupid. Herb you know? is really dumb. Herb is a stupid pick. Mm-hmm. That's all I really got on her, though. I mean, she did the New York portion with Vince. Right. She said uh oh a lot, but she was also very kind of excited and kind of into it. Right. And she was cheering on the faces. I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> this, this is fine to me. Yeah, right. This is all fine. So do you want to rank? Yeah, sure. Okay. Now, number one is Clara Peller. Number two is uh, Jay Leno. Claire. Burgerman, Herb, uh-huh. is... He's worse than Leno. Yeah, he's definitely worse than Leno. So pointless. I mean, Jay Leno is a big name, at least. You could tell he's the weakest link if they were trying for the the McDonald's, uh, Burger King, Wendy's trifecta, right? He's clearly the weakest link. Like, God, could you imagine if they could get, if BK King existed back then or whatever? That would have been much better. Like, that would have been awesome. Surprised I haven't done that recently either. Imagine if they had tried to fight like Heath Slater or something. So this year for WrestleMania, when it's coming up, they'll be back in arenas again. You know, maybe it's time to amp up the celebrities. I could go for just like literally people dressed up as the characters. Well, they did that with a colonel. Yeah. Well, they, oh that. Mm, oh, did somebody vote that shit in? Because that the, the whole the colonel campaign in the like 
mid 2000s was really funny. Remember when Shawn Michaels was the colonel? Like it was everyone. Like Dolph Ziggler was the colonel. Yeah. For, wasn't like Batista the colonel? I hope so. Oh man. They should have gotten Colonel Parker to be the colonel. Yeah, they, they got a lot of weird. There was like, it was all over the place. There was like a lot of weird p- people were the colonel for like a minute. I know. It was, like, it was, it was really clever. funny. It was yeah. pretty clever. But okay, as far as Herb versus Clara Peller, Quinn, mm-hmm. they're both burger related. Right. Clara was hired to say, where's the beef? Yeah. But she didn't say it into the mic and she waved the mic. I have to say, I think Herb was slightly better because he did the little twiddly D dance or whatever he did. I don't know what to call it. He wasn't supposed to talk. But so. he did what he was supposed to do. Where <laughs> Clara literally is like, you can't even hear it. I'm but just, don't watch the raw video. Yeah, don't watch it. But Clara, but she's also very old. Yeah, but that's not an excuse. You're right, you're right. They hired her! Or did somebody drove her there or something. To yeah. say where's the beef into the mic. What if they didn't pay her? Like, No, I'm sure they paid her. What if they didn't, though? Would it surprise she you? Didn't notice? Like, she was oh, real, <laughs> she's really old. Stop it! I just mean to say, is like this is just maybe they just took her here and they were like, hey, you want to do the where's the beef thing? What? <laughs> what? But, okay, so... <laughs> but Herb... Is a worse celebrity than Clara Peller. Yes, there's that. So there's that. Like Clara this Peller. This is hard. I don't know which one's worse. Because Clara didn't do dick. Yeah, she didn't do anything. But she's better. But she's She's yeah. a better celebrity pick. Yeah, but she okay, but we forgot to mention what? that shit was over. Well, it was. Herb was still going on, right? You were saying that. Yeah, I think it was still going on or it just ended. And like but, it maybe it just ended, but right? It sucked. Clara had, had had already done the ragu and all this shit. Prego, that, prego. And prego and all the stuff that was unrelated to it at all. Like, you know what I mean? She was already in the like second phase where we're capitalizing on her being where's the beef lady? <laughs> like, you know, where it doesn't matter anymore because you're an advertising person, like you're not a real celebrity. Right. Both of these people are not real celebrities, That's, by the way. Can true. we like clarify that? Clarify. Can we clarify that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Herb is less of a celebrity than Clara Peller. I agree. Herb is worse because he's worse as a thing. But, but what did they Clara want? didn't do anything. But, but, he st- did. but still. He's like twiddle, twiddle, twiddle. And she, then he, like, he just never saw him again. But she tried. Clara <laughs> tried. She just Just waved. because you tried doesn't mean you did it. You get a star for trying. How are we arguing? I don't give a shit. You know what? Herb. Herb's is worse. Fine. He's worse yeah. because it's Herb. It is. Okay. Herb stinks. <laughs> you, I, I do think you don't want to put Claire at number one because you feel bad. I do. That is really the reason, and I partially feel bad too. So I'll go with you I, on I this. Just, I, this l- is that listen. is strictly the difference, and we need to note that because we feel bad. We, I, you know, <laughs> she said the word. She just said it while waving the mic. Maybe they didn't specify to talk into the mic. I don't know. They should have given her the mic that they put on her like old lady sweater or whatever. You know, like that way she didn't couldn't mess it up. <laughs> You know what I'm, you know Why what do you talking. have to say old lady sweater? That's what she's wearing. Old lady sweater. She had like a purple, like, you know, cardigan or whatever on. What's wrong with that? Because that's old lady clothes. Mr. Rogers wears purple cardigans, yeah, he's too. he's old, too. Okay. So that's, that's the new number one is Herb. Yeah. Susan St. James might be the best one on here. Um, It's her, Leno, right? Yeah. And let's be fair. Actually, I'm... I'm with you. I don't even have to think about this. And the reason is, is because Susan St. James, like, I know Jay Leno technically should be better, but the, it's the whole problem with the, like, demographic not liking him. Susan St. James, they were kind of, like, indifferent to. Yeah, I mean, listen, 
Jay Leno, I respect him, the man, for being willing to wrestle. That's true. Sailors and St. James didn't do that. Right. I also respect WCW's thought process on getting the host of the fucking Tonight Show on NBC it is, to it, wrestle. I will say this. It is a coup. It's a coup. There is no doubt about it, no matter what your opinions of Jay Leno are right. at all. Like, that's the thing you have to remove yourself from the whole Jay Leno question. Is right. It's like, you have to say to yourself, how big of a star is this? Right. right? It, one of the biggest. Yeah. Honestly. Like, quite literally. A broad, you know, in terms of a broad audience. Yeah. I, th- I think the disconnect is for a couple of reasons. And I think it was Tony Lagdair, maybe Michael Dokes, who brought this up. And it's a very salient point. It's a good point. Is that it? It brought in people, mm-hmm. but also a lot of people were turned off by it. Right. And I totally get that because, yes, it's Jay Leno wrestling, but on the other hand, Quinn, it's Jay Leno wrestling. Okay. But here's the Do thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Here's what I, here's what I want to say here about go, this. Go ahead. The people turned off by it are the hardcore wrestling fans who just won't watch the match and they're never going to leave. I don't know that to be true. I mean, well, how they're never going to fucking leave, Joe. Like, like Seriously. You and I were watching at the time. Yeah. Especially 98 WCW we were watching at the time. Even WCW in its depth of being awful. I never truly left. I would always check on it. Like it's a sick puppy. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like as a, as a wrestling fan, even when a promotion's doing fucking awful. Yeah, like no. There, there is an aspect to it is like, well, I kind of just like wrestling. Let's so see how bad this let's is. Let's go see how bad. Like we're never going to leave. Well, The people they're pissing off don't matter. No offense to the ratings of it. They're going to be there regardless. Well, but let's let's talk about the Leno thing. You and I were watching mm-hmm. in 98. I didn't think... I had I was, no problem I was with indifferent it. to I it. I was like, I don't care. I didn't want to order the pay-per-view, but I also wasn't like, oh, fuck this. Right. But again, at the same time, it's Jay Leno wrestling. Right. Part Hulk of me is Hogan. like, this is interesting. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is weird. But part of me is Hulk Hogan is selling offense for Jay Leno. I agree with that point, too. I get why it's on here. But I don't think Leno did a bad job. It's performance-wise, I think he's fine. Yeah, I just think that it's a bit of a mismatch in terms of the demographic. Right, and Does that's, that make that's sense? its biggest problem, I think, for a lot of people. That that is why it's so controversial. Yeah. Even it really shouldn't be controversial. This is just like a one and done, fun little dumb thing, and the Hulk gets to have some fun with it. And I mean, he did one move. Like, come on, that is literally like. They would have done that on um, Regis. Oh, look, Regis did a an arm lock or something because Hulk let him. I you know. know what I mean? Like, it's stupid. I just think people have a problem with uh, Hulk Hogan selling for a 40-year-old comedian. Uh, I don't care. Because you know why? It's fake. Then again, he did sell for Ric Flair around the right. same time, so that would also line I'm, up. I'm just, I'm just saying, everyone, take a step back, breathe for a second. It's not real. <laughs> it isn't. It doesn't fucking matter. Sorry. Let's just, I just, the, the, the outrage about Jay Leno getting like, like an arm lock on Hulk Hogan is just, in, it was always insane to me. Like, can we just say that? Wrestling's not real? Yeah. Oh. But they're supposed to treat it like it's real, Quinn. Right. And Hulk Hogan sold the arm hold like it was real. <laughs> That's fair. Just, just saying. Okay. Well, let's talk any about. Any given Sunday, Joe. Any given Sunday in Sturgis. Yeah. Let's talk about um, Susan St. James, though. Right. Aside from saying, uh uh-oh, and saying George, the name George a real lot, is she really that bad? She's not the worst announcer, you know, person on commentary I've ever heard. 
that would be that would help be held by another guy that um would come along in 1994. But, well, but yeah, that's a prime contrast because yeah. a guy like uh, Art Donovan, and again, I understand. I don't blame him. They just threw him on there, but. He's asking questions that get in the way. He's asking things that might potentially have to lead to Gorilla or Savage, like tiptoeing around breaking kayfabe. Susan, He's butting in at the wrong time. I will say, Vince is not the kind of guy to handle somebody like that on commentary. No offense, because it just doesn't... that You would really want Gorilla there for something like that. Well, I don't know and if Susan, Gorilla wanted to my, be there. My point is, is that Susan doesn't even flummox Vince. No, not at all. At all. And I think that's... That's a testament to her not being that shitty. I don't think she's that shitty. No, I, I don't think she's shitty at all. I think she's. I think she's the, number four. The uh oh is funny. Okay, let's put her at number four then. I mean, who did this really hurt? I I totally understand that she says uh oh a real lot. It's that's, funny. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that's literally <laughs> the only criticism is that she has a, a, a crutch. crutch. Yeah. But she is engaged in what's going on. She's yeah. not. She's not sitting there. She's talking about like Miss Elizabeth and stuff. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Talking about Savage, like he, he treats her like dirt. You know yeah, whatever. How she, does like, she know all this? She's putting it over. Yeah, exactly. Now Jay Leno again, performance wise, is fine in my opinion. But the total concept and execution, I, I get why it's. Regarded it's really as bad. just because of the one arm hold he did for like four seconds that like everyone just how fucking dare they like I. I never could get it. Like, I, I'm sorry. It's like, didn't like Rodman and all them land moves too? Look at Jay Leno, though, <laughs> versus that. Dennis Rodman. And later on, they'd have blow. an even worse celebrity win the whole world title. When I compare that to Jay Leno, that's like nothing. Totally understand. Like, but all that said, we still agree. Susan St. James, because it was slightly better. Well, she did commentary and she was humorous and pleasant. I still barely know who she is, but. Agreed. Yeah, but that's also okay. She's she's just as famous as that lady at um the wrestling classic with the board or don't, whatever. Don't, Lord no, Alfred. we don't we don't bring like her up. Vince's secretary don't or bring something. Her up. Yeah. Um, Susan St. James did what she was hired to do. She did it well, and it, I don't think it I don't think it really hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, what I, mean? I don't think it hurt anyone. Let's just right. put it that way. So, Susan St. James for number four. We're gonna lock it in. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be the updated rankings, folks, for this week. And be sure to let us know what you think. And let us know why you think it. At number one, the new number one, where's Herbie's at number one? Number two, where's Clara Peller? Number two, Jay Leno. He's going to be here at number three for a while. See how that goes. And number four, uh uh-oh, Susan St. James is here, and she's not that bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. But, folks, that is the Royal Flush for this week. Again, let us know what you think on Twitter. Shoot us an email or join the group. Quinn, when we come back, we got to go north by northwest. Oh north we're going up to calgary we're going up to stampede it is stampede wrestling and that'll be coming up right after this we are so upset at herb for not coming to burger king we're offering a whopper for 99 cents to everybody but herb just say i'm not herb i'm not herb and get a whopper for just 99 cents when you buy fries and a medium pepsi I'm not Herb. And what if your name happens to be Herb? Just say, I'm not the Herb you're looking for. Remember, a 99-cent Whopper when you buy fries and a medium Pepsi. Just for saying, get the hell out of here. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling. 
kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here, episode 234. Quinn, did you find Herb? Oh, I found him during, during the break. break. Uh, yeah, uh, he was he was over at um down downstairs. Was he eating a Whopper or no? No. Oh, damn. He, he's, still, he's still holding out all these years <laughs> I can't later. I believe that. Man. Yeah. 35 years. Anyway, folks, we're reviewing something. This mm-hmm. will be fun. Now, I want to remind you guys that we do have a Facebook post. It's an announcement post where... We want you to put specific episodes of old wrestling that you want us to review. Right. People have been doing that. We've been taking your requests, and we're going to keep doing that, essentially. Now, the ideal thing is a one-hour show, meaning you know one hour with commercials. Please please don't max. go over. Please yeah. don't go over. But if you do have something that's you know an hour and a half, two hours, you can put it on there, but it'll only be considered for a live review, which we don't do as often. Right. So you can put it there, but you have a better shot if it's like a one-hour syndicated show or something like this. So anyway... This one, Quinn, was suggested by Kelly Smallwood. Oh, there he is. <laughs> there he is. And he is a Canadian. Right. So he wanted us to do Stampede Wrestling. Well, eh, you know, I, I mean, mean... We haven't had... I feel like it's like 50-50 luck with Stampede. Yeah. It's like kind of either really boring or it's... Kind oh, of boring. Okay. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's never like blow you out of no, the water good. It never really is, actually, but... Yeah. I don't mind doing Stampede every now and then. We've done some from the 60s. We've done it from the 80s. I think we maybe even did it from the 70s. And this one's from June 18th, 82. Now, very quick refresher on Stampede. In case you don't know. Stampede? Well, it was uh, by Stu Hart in Western Canada and Montana. Right. Now, uh, Stu Hart, obviously, the patriarch of the Hart family. Yeah. He was the promoter, and he founded Stampede in 1948. <sighs> but I'll tell you what. For Calgary, this was a big deal. Right. Not for New York, not for the U.S. necessarily, but in that area, man, that was their wrestling out this, there in the this, prairie. This was it in, in a barn somewhere in the in the pavilion or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, out there in Calgary, in Alberta, and maybe even into Saskatchewan and some other territories. I don't you think know. it made it into the Maritimes, Joe. It didn't make it to the Maritimes, no, but I believe it did make it to British Columbia. They were aware of it in the Maritimes yes. because they, there's some crossover, as we saw last time we were in the Maritimes. <laughs> yes, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but a totally different part of the country. Right. So Stampede, I guess, I mean, to be honest here, I guess it's best known for having... A good list of talent that either got started there or passed through there and well, developed there. Well, I, I think of it this way, is that it's best known for a group of athletes. Um, Dynamite Kid, British Bulldog, yep. Baby Boy Smith, Bret Hart, um, Owen Hart, Owen Hart um, Jim Neidhart. Jim, and Jim Neidhart. There's okay. a few others, though. Uh, Bad News Allen. Bad News Allen. Jake Roberts was... Yeah, but Jake kind of... That's kind of where he got to start, 79. I mean, that was... to a, be fair, Jake really made his name in the Crockett's. In Mid-South, yeah. Yeah, the, he, he wasn't. I'm, I'm talking like the guys that... I understand. ...were through and through Stampede people. You know who also that actually made his name in Stampede was... Now, he had been something in Memphis, but as far as Honky Tonk Man, that started in Stampede. Oh, the, the actual Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, not Wayne Ferris the wrestler. He was in Memphis before that, but as Honky Tonk Man, Wayne Ferris or whatever he right. was. okay. Long story short, folks, a good group of talent passed through there, and Stu sold 
stampede to Vince McMahon, who was really only interested in the group of people that Quinn initially mentioned. Yes. In 1984, that led to Bret and Bulldog and uh, Dynamite and Nightheart all coming in to right. WWF. But it was revived by Bruce Hart. I wear my sunglasses at night. From 85 to 89. I'm just glad Stu sold it so they could like mow his lawn or whatever <laughs> needed to happen. Like, remember all these like stories? We had one of those push mowers and the grass was up to my thighs. You no, know, we didn't have toothpaste until 1984 when Stu sold. I used to have to rub my teeth on the two by fours under the porch. Yeah. Watch <laughs> out for terrible Ted. It's just, it's, Fuck it's, was that house? I don't know. It's just the descriptions of just how they were like flat broke until Stu sold. is just ridiculous to me. And the reason for that is because it was really successful, but only until like the 60s or something. And yeah, then there was, was a bad period. Yeah, it was really just. It was surviving off nothing, yeah. essentially. I mean, you look at this. This is a mansion. You look at it. It's like falling apart. Any yeah. picture I had ever seen of it. Yeah, it's just a front that they're making money. The kitchen's all dirty. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm well, they, sorry. They, they did get to fix it up once. They did. Helen got to get the money and fix the house. I fucking hate this, still. <laughs> oh, we finally have new carpet. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, in all seriousness, the Hart family was very well known in Calgary and in Alberta because there's like 49 of them, so obviously they're well-known. It's like a village. And they lived at Hart House, and the patriarch was Stu Hart, and all of his sons were involved in the wrestling, mm-hmm. and they used to call them Hart Fart. Yeah, Hart Fart. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So that's the story there. But as far as the television program, Stampede is notable for a couple of things. Two things, in my opinion, Quinn. Ed Whalen, the announcer. Who He's I, great. I fucking love. Love Ed Whalen. He's like the... um. The Lance Russell of Canada. Yeah. In a lot of ways, seriously. Kinda He's got just a howdy duty element to him. Ah, here we are, you know. <laughs> Very drunk. <laughs> Riddly diddly dee, whatever he says. <laughs> Known for that and for never showing complete matches. They do that on purpose. Good. Because they, you know, here's the thing. This is why I think this is good. It is good. Because every time they're wrestling, they're like, and we're at the 20 minute time. Like, every and, time. They can say, how long are these matches? Like, every single one is way too long for television. We're at the 12 minute mark, 30 minute time limit here. Okay, Excuse good. me? I'm glad we're I starting. I don't want to know about any of <laughs> that. The whole focus there is to get you to go to the pavilion or wherever they're going to be live in other and territories. Sit through it. Yeah, exactly. So. It's all cool, and they usually have fuck finishes all throughout the television programming. Mm-hmm. That's their trademark. It's like you get a taste of a match, and the finish sucks because they want you to go to Regina or wherever else. They want you <laughs> Regina. They want you to go to Regina. They mentioned too, uh, way too much Regina in this, and it was <laughs> there, there was trouble. There was That's some what? trouble with the Regina. Yeah. Now. With that said, if you want to watch this, you can. Just make sure you turn your volume up. Quinn will tell you more Holy about that. Holy moly. Well, I will get into that. It's my <laughs> biggest complaint. It's the only complaint I had. Uh, yeah. But it is Stampede Wrestling, June 18th, 1982. Again, a thank you to Kelly Smallwood. Quinn, what do no, we got? And, uh, yeah, it's Stampede, but please don't be boring this time. That, that's all I was asking for. I had a long day of work, and I had to jump into this <laughs> like right afterwards. What a, what a reward, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, so we get a very jolly intro, happy lettering and all that stuff. As the match is slowly shown occurring behind the intro, it. Yeah. Yeah. And the wrestling and the logo is like all messed up. Yes. Does Stu approve that? <laughs> like, it seems a little... It's like it's like an earthquake hit the wrestling lettering. Yeah, it makes it like happy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we cut to a match in progress, like we said, as usual. And our mm-hmm. drunk Uncle Ed is here on commentary. I'm sure the action will be scintillating to say the least. Check this out, Quinn. I was surprised to see them here. Ken Wayne and Danny Davis. Yep. Not that Danny Davis. Right. The other Danny Davis. The nightmares. The guys that would be known as the nightmares down south. Uh, They're taking on Bruce Hart, of course, and Davey Boy Smith. And apparently, (laughs) here we go. What a weird team. Very weird. 
We are 15 minutes into a 20-minute time limit match, Quinn. Man, the audio is pure there shit. There you go. Go ahead, Quinn. It, it's coming out. Okay, let me explain this, right? So the first thing I do when I start a show up, yep. I you know I flip it on on the VLC media player, or in this case, YouTube, right? Yeah, YouTube. Um, flip it on YouTube, and then I hit play. And then well, I that's start, a good way to do it. I, I have the notes on the left side of the screen, and I got the in. So okay, turn it on. I'm listening. And now, mind you, I have um in wall air conditioners in my apartment, so they they can be a little loud. Right. But you know, I crank the audio up all the way, so I I hear all the action. Right. <laughs> Occasionally, sometimes the audio is a little low. Yeah. So I'll wear headphones to fix it. Right. Right. Because then you know now I now the air conditioner is not there. Right. And the audio is closer to your ears. Right. Exactly. So this time. The audio, I can't hear anything, right? I just hear Ed Whelan whispering, like, and they're wrestling. <laughs> so I hear that. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to need headphones for this, right? Mm-hmm. Put the headphones in. Yeah. I still can't hear it. <laughs> I yeah, say, yeah. I'm, I'm like, wait a second. Because sometimes when you plug the headphones in, the Windows changes the volume on the headphones. So, and it was like at like 75%. So I, I jack it up and I'm still like. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. And I'm like. What the hell is going on? And then I realize there's only audio coming out of one side of my headphones on the right side for this show. Because then I start, then I opened up every piece of media on my computer. I'm like, is my headphones broken? What's going on here? <laughs> like, and, and like, I'm like, and it works everywhere else. And I'm like, oh God, this has like mono, but not the mono where they spread it between the two speakers. This has mono where it's the literally channel. only one speaker and the right side. Speaking of the nightmares, this is going to be a nightmare for me to edit here yeah. by putting clips in. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> but anyway, the future nightmares are dressed, they're kind of dressed like the Valiants. Yeah. <laughs> they look like the Moondogs if they wanted to be cool if or something. If the Moondogs wanted to be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have like the stripey, uh, the star tights or whatever. Right, it's yeah. odd. Anyway, the referee looks like James Lipton. Good evening. I'm James Lipton! Apparently, he's Jürgen Hemmler of West Germany. Who is this? I don't know. And he was named the NWA Referee of the Year. They're very, like, happy about this, right? They're like, he's so good. The best ref to ever exist or whatever. (laughs) Uh, So Davis misses an elbow. Wayne tags in. Bruce with a double mule kick. Staggers over to Davey. Hot tag to Davey, who was dressed like 70s Jerry Lawler here. All skinny and like a red singlet. Yeah. But like the full kind, like Brett wears. Double double strap, yeah. Yeah, with the the pants. With pants, yeah. Yeah. A hard whip to Ken Wayne. Cross corner again. Press slam by Davey. Crowd loves it. Whammo, says Ed Whalen. Whammo! Irish whip on Davis. Huge backdrop. And the pavilion here is rocking and rolling. As Davey lands a body slam for a cover, Wayne breaks it up. The ropes, as usual, Quinn, are like extremely thick. Oh, yeah. They're they're, they're, towels. What are they made out of? I don't know. It's very, very bulky. Ross and I used to have to use our bed sheets as the ropes. You know, when you saw those shows, you know, I slept on those ropes <laughs> afterwards. That's, that's all we had. You can make a cot under the ring with this, the ropes. Anyway, How I, are his stories? Like, it always, they're like, real. they're real, but the funny part to me is they're all so damn extreme. You know, we slept on cardboard or whatever. Like, and it's just there, like, man. it's crazy. Like, the, his descriptions are like, they're almost like, is this real? Tall like, tales. They, like they, yeah, they sound like so exaggerated. But then you like look into it, and you're like, oh, and that, and you, you like, look at the Hart family. You, you like feel bad once you I really do. look into it. Yeah, I do, like actually. I, I always do. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just like to poke fun, but it's because it's the way Brett describes it. it. Brett's funny the way he describes it. Yeah, <laughs> Irish by Davy, huge knee by Davis. Uh, tag back to Wayne, knee drop by Wayne. Rana cover, reverse by Davy, broken up by Davis. Tag back to Davis. Out of nowhere, Whalen. Good match. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and forth there. Good match. I love him so much. Or as I heard it, 
Good match. Good match. Bruce wanders in and beats the shit out of Wayne in the corner. Meanwhile, Davey gets thrown over the top with the ref. The ref of the year didn't see it. And then he throws a yellow card for Bruce. What is this? Soccer with the yellow? <laughs> he doesn't. And two yellow cards. Yeah. And what the fuck does that yeah, mean? Yeah, Waylon's like, uh, two yellows makes the third one an automatic or red. Yeah, what? I don't mind but, it, actually. I don't do know. I, I I actually never like that because in wrestling, it's ref's discretion if you get DQ'd. There's no, like, oh, there's, you, oh, three warnings and yada, 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 yada. It's weird. I guess the idea is to keep you in line, right? Oh, I got two warnings. I can't fuck around. I think it's just a gimmick because it seems like every fucking match, they're always like, oh, and I got two yellow cards. Like It's true. Every time. Yeah, so it's, it's supposed to, like, put some kind of, like, levity on the cards. Maybe, Quinn. Yeah. Davey's in trouble, though, as Ed Whelan now welcomes in Vancouver and Victoria, British Columbia, for the viewing audience. Mm-hmm. Corner whip by Davis, sunset foot by Davey, but Wayne breaks it up. The audio is fucking pissed, Joe. Piss. I hate it. Imagine the full power of the audio, which is nothing, but also it's still the full power. So when a high frequency tone comes in, like a buzz or something, yeah. you're like, ah, it's fun. <sighs> Wayne's back in Irish whip drop kick on Davy, who is not in the Navy yet. Mm-mm. Definitely not. Is <laughs> <He's> not <laughs> way too young. <laughs> the ref goes over to talk to Bruce, which allows Davis to beat up on the bulldog. Davis back in shot to the ribs. And this sounds like it was filmed on the stern of a battleship. You're right. <laughs> uh, the audio is tough, man. Yeah. Crappy camel clutch as Whalen starts just naming Canadian provinces and cities for fun. Basically bragging about <laughs> yeah, Canada yeah. or something. Yeah, Victoria, just naming all these random Regina, <laughs> which you know what that sounds like when your audio is bad. Vagina. Bruce finally has had enough of the double teaming, but gets sent away. Wayne off the second row with a fist drop. <laughs> Whalen, he's going air freight. Uh, what Irish- does that mean? Air freight. I don't know. <laughs> You know, Whalen was a hockey announcer for the Calgary Flames. That makes sense. That's all. Until yeah. like the 90s, late 90s yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Fucking awesome. And hello, hockey fans. We are delighted to be back with you for another campaign. Tonight, we officially launched something I know you're going to love. Irish whip by Wayne, head down, abdominal stretch by Davey. Davis runs in to break it up, though, like an asshole. Tag back to Davis, and Ed tells us we have about a minute and a half left. You can probably see where this is going, right? right? Yep. Bruce breaks up a cover now for fun as both guys are down. Wayne is up first. Irish whip, shoulder block, sends both guys down. Tag to Bruce! Pile driver on Davis! He's a house of... Bruce. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking Bruce. It's fucking Bruce. Yeah. Knee drop, cover gets one because the ref... Was talking to Bulldog. This is the ref of the year. Well, even Ed is like coming. He's like, what is that shit? He sucks. <laughs> what is the referee doing? It's yeah. like, it took way too long to, you know. A slow <laughs> count there. <laughs> very. The referee's very slow. He sucks. Yeah. What After they said referee of the, Ed's like, oh, and he's a referee of the century or in, in Germany once in or something. Germany. I don't know. 45 seconds left as Bruce hits a back suplex. Leg drop. Davis is in trouble. Inside Crayable. Wayne breaks the count. Backslide by Bruce again, but Wayne breaks the count again. Irish whip by Bruce. Huge clothesline. One, two, and fucking Ken Wayne breaks the count again. And the bell rings. Boo earns because this looked like it was probably a pretty good match, honestly. This isn't too bad. It wasn't that bad at all. It's not that bad. Yeah. Cut to Whalen now in the ring with Bruce. A quick cut. And this is That's a whole night. Everything yeah. is just that people are teleporting all yep. over the place. Yeah, it looks weird. They don't weird. waste time. Yeah. Whalen immediately shits on the ref again. He's like, 
If he's ref of the year, I'd hate to see the runners up. <laughs> and the ref just leaves. Who is this loser? Like, as they're, like, bitching about him, he just jogs out of there. Jogs out. Like, who is this guy? I don't know. He stinks. Some very questionable officiating. If Himmler's the referee of the year, I wonder who are the runner up, runners up. I, I like, hate to see them. Bruce says that, you know, he's very disappointed. The heels cheated. But they're going to fucking beat him next time. Maybe they need a no time limit match or maybe a more time limit match. Right. That's what they call it. More <laughs> time limit match. Says, maybe more time limit. <laughs> Bulldog now charges over looking like Sal Belomo with his mm, hair. He does. He, he looks does. very bulky right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's bitching about that blonde little midget. Talking mm-hmm. about Davis. Waylon, by the way, looking very couch salesman <clears throat> here. Oh, yeah. You know, just very like, you need a sofa. Uh, anyway, Bulldog has had enough of all of this shit. He says the heels stink. Bruce Sounds a lot like Stu in his cadence, I mean. Yeah, very, uh. Yeah, like, uh, uh, uh. Well, you learn from your parents, right? Like father, like son. Mm -hmm. Cut to J.R. Foley, who's the manager of the heel team, Mm -hmm. uh, Davis and Wayne. And they're all happily in the ring, all three of them. And J.R. Foley says that these two are the greatest to come out of Tennessee. I am to be very proud of my Tennessee studs. Very proud. The indeed. way they wrestle. Very proud indeed. They're the greatest that ever came out of Tennessee. Up, and by the way, Foley here has a captain's hat and a Hitler mustache. <sighs> Looking, he looks like the biggest dork. I Like, what is this look? He is the heel manager of Stampede, man. So I feel like the Hitler mustache is like a step t- towards like really like I'm a heel, you yeah, know, like it's like, right? th- like who the fuck has that? Sh- shouldn't the ref really hate him then? Yeah, this that mustache, he, he should not have that on television. That, that would never fly now. It is Canada in 82. Yeah. Even the sure. U.S. wasn't doing that. That's yeah, even very- the U.S. is like, you don't have that mustache here. <laughs> Anyway, Davis basically says, fuck you, Waylon, because your commentary, you're making us out like assholes. Danny Davis kind of looks cool with a beard. And these guys, Quinn, are so much better as heels, the nightmares, than like, hi, we're here. We have crap on our face. Yes and no. Because they do look really dorky. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know if they are good heels heels. I think they're better as heels. I can't tell. I don't like them either way. You don't? I don't mind them as wrestlers. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, it I, never really clicked. Either. Now, now, is there also a masked nightmares version? There is, right? There's, so there's also the one with the globs yeah, of the glob. paint on their face, and it's, <laughs> it, I, I don't. Yeah. This is funny. Ken Wayne chimes in as the hype man here, and they call a uh, Davy Boy and Bruce two young geeks. I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Anytime someone's making fun of Bruce Hart, I'm okay with it. Right. Bret Hart's brother. Anyway, Waylon does the old Lance Russell no sell of the heels. You know how Lance is always like, ah, get out of here. You know. Yeah. Waylon does the same thing. But I can see why this would be an effective heel team in Calgary. Two guys from Tennessee coming in and acting like assholes. That's true. That's true. That works. Not bad. Anyway, hard cut (laughs) to Bret Hart taking on Mr. Hito. Teacher versus master. This is true. You know, the guy that trained me, Mr. Hito. Bret has all blacks, you know, plain short trunks on. He's in the baby mode over here. Basically the young boy trunks. Yep. Uh, Hito is dressed like Mr. Fuji or Mr. Sight, you know, the black ones that go down right, your right. ankles, no shoes. Now, I thought, so I want to say this about Hito. When I first saw him, I hadn't looked at Mr. Hito in ever since, probably not since the Bret Hart DVD where there's like a clip, probably a the same brief fucking clip, match. Yeah. Mr. Hito's like Bret's age. Yeah, they're like, not, he's, like, he's not like super a, young. I always envisioned him as some really old man. The way Bret describes, he's like, you know, he wrestled for twenty-seven years or whatever he says. Like, it's, <laughs> no, he, he, was, he knew the business, Mr. Hito. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like what? And I, then you find out Mr. Hito's like Bret's age. Bret is what twenty-five here, just about. 
Mr. Hito. No, okay. He's 40. He doesn't look it. Yeah, but even so, that's not like an old man, you know? No. Especially if he trained him when, when did Brecket train? The late mid-70s. So, Mr. Hito doesn't look old. I'm no. sorry. He looks like lanky, skinny kid. Yeah. Like so there you go. Weird. But anyway, Snapmare by Brett, which was reversed by Hito into a hammerlock, is apparently Ed talks about how Hito was in a car accident earlier in the year. He's just coming back. And the <laughs> this is Ed's wording. The impeccable Sudrick. Hathaway is the referee, Who? and he's very popular with the crowd. Who is Why that? do the refs have, like, backstory? <laughs> the, the West Germany referee of the year, the impeccable Cedric Hathaway. Who? Yeah. Anyway, Hammerlock now by Brett Standing. This is one fall, 30 minutes. We're around 10 minutes in. Good. Leg drop, <laughs> leg drop by Brett. As Whalen says, that these two are good friends. But they're in there against each other because these other people no-showed. And my favorite part about that statement is he audibly sighs, and and it just makes me love him more. He's just like, and some people (sighs) no-showed. It's great. Like, all, like, mad about it. I love Ed Whalen, man. Yeah. These two are good friends. However, they are in there against each other. Because for some reason or other, Alan Stanton and Mike Hammer were no-shows. Brett hammers away on the arm here, then cranks up a wrist lock. Hito backs up, clubs away to escape. Brett hangs on, arm ringer by Brett now with some boots. The crowd sounds like they're an intermission of a middle school play, by the way. They're not into this. They were into the first match. Nobody cares about this. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Whalen hypes up Quinn, the big Red Deer show on the 23rd. <laughs> and then he says Regina, which yes. again makes the audio be like, excuse me, 6, Regina. 6,000 chicken vaginas. Yeah. Also, there's going to be a rodeo show on July 11th. Of course there is. You know where I come from? You better be a real cowboy. Uh, <laughs> anybody have a rodeo scholarship on that one? <laughs> oh, I'm Billy Gunn. Yeah. Anyway, Snapmare by Brett gets two. Inside cradle by Hito now, but Brett makes the ropes. Knee to the back by Brett, but Hito is back up and in control with some chops. This is very slow, by oh, the way. Yeah. yeah, this is extremely slow. This is not good. You could tell this is like a training thing. Is I don't it? know. Brett's been pro yeah, six get, years. Get in there, Brett. It's yeah. not yeah. training. It's just that... Somebody just, no-showed. Yeah, they're just fucking around here. This isn't good. Mm-hmm. Brett with a European uppercut that he learned, you know, in Europe, obviously, recently. Remember? Yeah, was right. There? Yeah, I see. Although, Quinn, in Europe, they just call them uppercuts. Right. Just regular uppercut. Yeah. Thank you. Hito with a fist to the gut. And then, <laughs> Whalen, of course. Well, Hito, Hito's not saying uncle or whatever the Japanese equivalent is. Of course is. he said that. Yeah. Fucking Ned, man. Yeah. Nice vertical suplex by Brett. Float over, float over cover gets one. But then Ho Chi Lao comes in. Who? I don't know. <laughs> and beats the shit out of Brett. Throws Brett out of the ring. Crotches Hito on the ropes Right. Also. He's really after Mr. Hito. He's yeah. not after Brett. Brett is just in the way. He's getting... Because Brett's his friend. Right. So he's getting Brett out of the way. Right. To exactly. go after Hito. And then uh, Brett comes in, chases Ho Chi out. As far as the match, it was uh, clinical. It wasn't good. It wasn't a clinic. It no, was just clinical. Clinical. Cut to the ring, hard cut, teleport cut, mm-hmm. where Ed Whalen is with Gene Kaninsky. Yeah, in like a Canada shirt. I'm like, does <laughs> yeah. he still wrestle? He's like 68. He looks old as shit. <laughs> I like him, though. I don't He's mind so him. He's so old. <laughs> He's so old here, Joe. Do we need to know how old he is just He's for gotta fun? He's got to be like Stu's age. Uh... When was he last the champ? 69? Good lord. He's probably in his 40s. He's, He's probably be, 69 here. Maybe 58. Let's see how oh old boy. he is. He was born in 1928, which makes him 54. Okay, he looks much older. He though. does look much older than that. I don't know if it's like cigarettes or something doing it, but he <laughs> looks really old here. 
Uh, Gene talks about how Stampede is good, and by the way, it's on channel 13 in Vancouver in Victoria. What's it on in Regina? Don't worry, we're not worried about what's on Vagina. Anyway, you know who's going to be there as the show goes on? Ric Flair. Okay. The Hart Boys, of course. And and Gene says so many great wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Also, Stu is a good promoter. Mm-hmm. And he's going to elevate wrestling. So much that he's going to sell it soon, Joe, to, <laughs> to, to Vince McMahon. Now, I got to say, when they were promoting this, right, yeah. just now, I feel like they're hyping the Hart Boys. Is this like, do you think they were trying to do like, what, it's like the Von Erich Boys? Yeah. Like, you know, like this oh, is Canada's yeah. version. And, sure. and they're trying to use the fact that the Von Erich kids are popular now as kind of a stepping stone. It's like, well, we're going to make the Hart kids the the top family in, in wrestling I up mean, here. The promotion was generally built around one of the hearts at any given time, right? If not more. Right. But now we're accumulating a bunch of heart. There's kids. a lot of hearts. They're all coming of age, right? Yeah. I got to say, I'm starting to see a, like a, this. A, this is just Von Erich imitation, you know? I guess. But I think the hearts were wrestling all before the Von Erichs were. Probably. But that's out of just because nobody works here. So that's true. They were selling yeah. programs that's to and sending because, them a ring. That's not because we're centering the promotion around them. No. Because, because there's nobody to wrestle. Well, I mean, not too many people. You're right about yeah. that. Gene Kaniski here also compliments Ed Whalen as an announcer, which that's a first. No one ever compliments Ed Whalen. That was very nice of him. Was, I thought it was kind. Yeah. Kindly old man. Mm-hmm. Gene also likes this promotion a real lot. And by the way, Channel 13, 11 a.m. to noon. Okay. Make sure he tells you till. <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, so you know when it ends. Most places they just say it's on at this yeah. time. Don't We're not going to tell you when it's over. But he wants to make sure you know what you can do after. Mm-hmm. You know, you plan your day around it. Also, he says hi. He's still going yeah. to his Vancouver fans, Victoria fans, and the American audience. What is this? <laughs> it's like goes on and on and on. It's just like, and I like wrestling, and uh, I wrestled sixty years ago. And uh, <laughs> it's hi to the Americans and Story. Channel Thirteen. Don't forget about Channel Thirteen. And he's just like just casually here. Fireside chats with Grandpa yeah. Gene. Anyway, cut now to Whalen, who is with Leo Burke, who was recently Quinn. In the Maritimes. Don't even bring that up here, please. <laughs> I Just the fucking Maritimes. That is the worst Canadian promotion ever. That we've seen, yes. Without a, without a question, right? Have we done, though, uh, Montreal yet? It can't it's got to be better it than can't be Grand Prix. Wor- it can't be worse than the Maritimes. Doesn't Paul Maritimes Vachon is the have worst one? thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's so bad. Grand Prix is yeah. hard, man. That's yeah. hard to watch. Anyway... Leo here wants to beat Duke Myers tonight, and also apparently Nick Bockwinkle's going to be coming into the territory mm-hmm. soon. We cut back to the ring now where Keith Hart, Keith Hart now, is just getting his ass kicked by Dynamite Kid. <laughs> he's just getting his ass kicked, and it's good. It is. Like, he's literally just whooping his ass. <laughs> it's good. Like, we just cut to Dynamite just destroying him. <laughs> it's great. Now, Keith has plain blue trunks, no knee pads, very mustache. Right, right. You know, the famous Keith Hart mustache. Yeah. Um, I feel Keith is, like, in his prime here, right? He looks good. He does look believe good. Believe it or not. I have, like, no problem with Keith here. He's good. <laughs> Even though he's getting his butt kicked, but he, he's, like, he looks in shape and stuff. It's fine, right? Yeah. Anyway, Dynamite has the maroon singlet. Big heel. This is right. heel yeah, Dynamite. The height of his heel dumb. Absolutely, man. Keith with punches, corner whip, six punches in the corner. He hammers away like Little Mac. Right. Ball kick, though, by Dynamite. And uh, somehow Keith already has a yellow card, Ed who, tells who us. Who cares? Just, I don't care about the cards. Just get the cards out of here. <laughs> Refer- Enough with the cards. <laughs> Referee is James Lipton again. Is it the guy from uh, that actor studio or whatever? <laughs> yes. Keith pounds away, gets Dynamite down to the mat. Ed Whalen says that Dynamite is from Liverpool, England. And J.R. Foley, though, is from cesspool england stop <laughs> and then ev laughs at his own chunk he's like Haha, it's true yeah the dynamite kid liverpool england 
J.R. Foley's accent that he's from Cesspool, England. <laughs> it's true. And then suddenly J.R. Foley, because he's obviously Dynamite's manager, he wanders over and says some shit into the mic. I don't know what he says. I'll try to dump it in. It's really if, weird. If we can hear it, mm-hmm. we need some big audio dynamite around here. I, you're going to have you. to like in the audio on the on the audacity. I'm gonna have to do what? Is that a thing where you make the waves big or what? How does it the work? The problem with just making it big is that you're making the noise big. Also, yeah. I know what a cesspool is. Really, you've become very educated of late. Anyway, Dynamite's back in control now. He throws Keith to the floor. Keith now has words with Jr. before heading back into the ring. Dynamite is there to meet him. They roll around on the ropes. Keith with Keith with a big series of punches, but Dynamite strikes back, lands some kicks in the corner. This match isn't bad, Quinn. No, it's this is probably the best match of the night, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Again, Dynamite, so of course it's pretty yeah. good. But Keith is good, Keith too. Is, Keith holds his own here. <laughs> I gotta straight. hand it to the Keithster. He's good. <laughs> so shoulder box in the corner by Keith. Big knee lift. Big uppercut by Keith. And a turnbuckle ram. Dynamite's in trouble now as Whalen just wants to explain that Keith, Brett, and Bruce are all sons of promoter Stu Hart. Oh, n- no shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> Headbutts by Keith, more punches. Keith stuff, Quinn, I've noticed about Keith. It's crisp. It's like Brett style. Why like- is Keith really good? Is he like secretly the best heart? Oh, and he just best. he just he retired to do the firefighting or whatever That's he did. Bruce. Like I don't know. Isn't it? No, I thought no, Keith's Keith, a firefighter. Keith's the fireman. I- Bruce is just a substitute teacher, they said, or yeah, whatever. I wonder if if Keith is the real talent and he just kinda like he was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like he's kinda like how Owen wanted to get out, but he just did it earlier. <laughs> and same- he's just like, I'm not living on fucking oatmeal for the rest of my life i got like a family where i can fight the fires make a good living you know like and he just got out of this shit right he does seem like a really nice guy he does keith hart keith is awesome i really like keith <laughs> no one ever talks shit about he's, him he's the good heart like bruce yeah bruce everyone's like fuck bruce yeah but keith Keith, they're like you know he, he's a nice fireman guy. and a good guy he's got a family <laughs> yeah. and he's just he's a good dude right yeah, and he's good at, but i'm saying the secret is joe i think he might be a good really good wrestler we need a best of Keith Hart compilation, we need to please. See, what if there's like it's this huge secret, right? Like not even Brett compares. To Keith. Like Keith is like secretly the it best just, heart. It's just the best. Like if no he, one knew, he would have been a huge superstar. Like <laughs> it's just possible. it would have been this whole thing, right? <laughs> Imagine fucking like Stone Cold versus Keith Hart at WrestleMania 13 instead. Like you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> things could have been very different. It, you're absolutely right. Dynamite with a snap mare into a reverse chin lock. Back up, Irish whip by Dynamite. Keith catches him in the sleeper! How does he know it? <laughs> I didn't know he knew the sleeper. <laughs> J.R. Foley now waves his cane at Keith, and uh, Keith hops out of the ring to chase Foley away. Holy Foley. St- Remember that? Don't. Yes, please don't. <laughs> Body slam to Foley on the floor, and then Dynamite heads all the way... Off the top. This, this was insane. To the floor with a splash. I was like, holy shit. That was awesome. That was great. Okay. The thing we didn't mention, though, is the camera. They had like a weird ceiling, ceiling cam, cam ready for just this. Pavilion I don't know cam. how the fuck else they would have gotten it. Covered in spider whips. Yeah. It's like like it, you see like the posts going up to the ceiling and yep. shit. Like this was a great shot. I never knew Stampede did anything this remotely good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think they were capable of this. You were very impressed by Dynamite's dive, right? Yeah, it was good. I, this, was, this was amazing. And it was shot cool, too. Yeah. Anyway, the ref counts them both out, obviously, as they brawl into the crowd. Just very good. Very, yeah, very good. Perfectly fine. The great stuff. 
Uh, we cut now to Ed Whalen and Keith in the ring. And Keith looking all sweaty and like red. <laughs> yep. Like he's all, like, literally he's like he's got the like kid kid that overheated face where it's like he's all he's all beat red. I know exactly. You know what, what you I mean. mean? Of course I do. Uh, Ed opens with Keith Hart, the usual interference, Jared Foley. And Keith says Dynamite's only the champion because he doesn't defend the title. And he's a has-been. Yeah, well, again, he's Bret Hart. He's like the best heart. <laughs> Dynamite, you can be had. You're only world champion because you don't defend the title. You defend the title against me, Bruce, Davey Boy Smith, you're your has-been. Also, fuck Foley, yeah. basically, is uh, the point there. And Ed just chuckles as Keith leaves. <laughs> Keith isn't really that bad at talking either. He was good. Better than Bruce. Yeah, it was like, I'm going to get him or whatever he, <laughs> said in, whatever he said in Canadian. It was amazing. You know, he doesn't. he's only the champion because he doesn't defend the title. Yeah, it's, like, has been. it's just like slightly higher. I'm telling you, like, I think Brett took his cues from Keith. I think Keith is his inspiration. It certainly wasn't Bruce. I know yeah. that much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we cut to JR and Dynamite now in the ring. Ed says, you know, you know, JR, you had to rescue your boy. Calm. <laughs> <laughs> like Ed is, Ed is such a homer for the faces. Oh, yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Oh, like one hundred. He is not unbiased no. in any way. He's just always like, "What a piece of shit, Jr. Foley, you suck <laughs> yeah. ass." And he's always like, "Ah, get out of here!" Yeah. To the heels, like he doesn't sell then, the heels. And then if something bad happens to the heel, he like goes them. <laughs> yes. Like it's like, what the what? He's very very homer. Yeah. Uh, and then Jr. Foley says, "All the hearts do is cry." Well. Ed makes fun of JR's suit now as Dynamite gets all pissy and says, fuck the suit. We're talking about wrestling here, professional wrestling. And I got to say, Quinn, Dynamite is talking better here than I've ever heard He's Dynamite very kid good. talk. Yeah, this is, this is, from my understanding, this is like Dynamite's best work of his career or something. That in Japan, right? Yeah. And he's probably better as a heel, truthfully. Yeah, so he's kind of a natural seem, asshole. It just seems like a dick, but he, he his offense is really rough. Yeah. So he kind of seems like, wow, what an asshole. I like. Think- he doesn't seem sporting at all. He just seems like he wants to hurt you. Yeah, because you know I mean? he does in right. real life, yeah. I think, you know. But anyway, he calls out the whole Hart family and says none of them are good enough to beat him. Good. <laughs> I mean, even Brett says it. He's yeah. like, yeah, best wrestler I've ever seen or whatever he says. Tom was the best one. Yeah. And then he makes fun of Carlos Colon for some reason. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> he just like calls out Carlos Colon. He's like, you know what? Fuck Carlos Colon. Like, it's just like, what? I'm <laughs> fine with it. That youngster. Cut back to the ring now, where Gene Kanitsky is Excuse wrestling me. Quinn, yes, and he's taking on Hochi Lau. <sighs> Kanitsky looking old and proud as he kicks Hochi on the ropes. I don't know why this old man is kicking this young man's ass, but okay. Okay. Uh, we're near the 10-minute mark, according to Ed. Good. And, and apparently it's been a ring of ding-dong dandy. Very Canadian. I love Just it. so fucking Canadian, Joe. I love it, man. Hochi is wrestling in like an old lady swimsuit. <laughs> yeah, what is that? It's just, you know. It's not a singlet. It's like a swimsuit. It's very Canadian. Like, you know, we didn't we didn't have the outfit ready. This we didn't have it ready. Yeah, what we did. Maybe it just, he looked like he just went to the ladies swimsuit store because they pennies. could. Yeah, they don't have that up there. I'm just saying he Canadian got, he got the extra large and just because he couldn't find any tights for the night. That's like what it looks like. It does you know what look I mean? like that. Yes, it not, really not, does. Not though. a bikini, obviously. We're talking like a. It's you like know, when your grandma goes to the beach with your family. Right. The, the, the full body swimsuit yes. thing. Yeah. Anyway. Arm scissors on the map by Kaniski. As Ed says that Ho Chi is thinking of the Vietnamese word for uncle. He he really mm. likes uh, uncle in other languages, huh? By the way, they, they really this name on this wrestler is very ham fisted because you know Ho Chi Minh. Like yes, they're I just know. I I just couldn't get over that they like just went there with it. They're like oh Ho Chi Lao ha ha. Quinn, you know they got a guy in a Hitler mustache. That's true. I they can, do. You know I can who's English weirdly. Yeah. Like, 
It's more like Neville Chamberlain. Who? The prime minister before Winston Churchill, who also Should had a I have known that? No, yeah. I probably, no, I shouldn't have. Yeah. Neville Chamberlain, huh? Yeah. All right. Anyway, Ed says they want to apologize to some town in Alberta because apparently they were supposed to have a show there, but the van carrying the ring broke down. He's like, oh, we're sorry. We're sorry. This is so strange. It's very like, Canadian. What? Very Canadian. I mean, if you can't get the ring there, I guess you can't do the show, right? I, I just think it's weird that they just totally missed a show. Because of the snow or something. No, because the van broke down. Or the van broke down. Wasn't like Wayne Hart the van driver or something? It was probably all of the Hart kids. It was probably just them. You gotta take the van down. It's like, no, he doesn't have a staff. Stu, did you uh, get it inspected? You know, you fucking inspection in Canada. You know, that type of thing. I run this town. (laughs) Alberta. Yeah. Anyway. Still in an arm lock here. As Ed says that he first met Gene Kanitsky three decades ago. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> he does. Like, ah, I first met him two, three, three decades ago. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Back up big chops by Gene and a shot to the Viet Cong here off the ropes. <laughs> Sorry, but shot by Ho Chi. But Gene is still okay. Hammers away. Ho Chi with a face lock. Apparently, J.R. Foley is out here for this, too. And that- is he managing everyone? Yes. And uh, <laughs> that's what he does. Hito has wandered out, too, but we can't see him. There's Hito chance, by the way. I never even knew Hito was popular enough I, for people to know his name to I, cheer. So Gene is just kicking all kinds of slow ass here. Knee to the gut, stomp. Hochi begs off, sneaks in an eye gouge. Some kicks and Gene is down. Nice reverse drop. Toho by Gene, though. Now a slug vest. Side head up by Hochi. Foley gets on the apron. Irish whip. Drop down by Gene. Hito with a punch to Hochi. Backbreaker by Kaninsky. One, two, three. And he got his revenge. Hito gets his revenge, man. Hito's revenge. That's right. And Kaniski wins here. Mm-hmm. Hito's revenge, not Tito's. Yeah. Uh, wow, a pinfall and stampede, Quinn. Interesting. It's very not, rare. Not a real finish, or an actual real <laughs> yeah. finish, yeah. Anyway, we cut to Ed with JR and Hochi. They're pissed about Hito nailing him. And Ed Monsoon over here is like, I didn't see that. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> like you said, he's a big homer. Oh, my God. He's ridiculous. I know. He's just blatant. Anyway, JR calls out Mr. Hito to face Hochi Lao next week. As we cut back to the ring abruptly, where Duke Myers has a nerve hold on Leo Burke. Duke looks like a football coach, and Leo looks like an 80s dad. Like, (laughs) very average-looking folks here. Very. In this match, we're just past the 15-minute mark. Good. (laughs) Burke tries to power out, but gets sent back down. He used the hair, though, so he gets a yellow card, and apparently this is his second yellow card of the match. Can we calm down with the yellow cards, please? Enough. I know. Enough. Almost every uh, match. Every single... And he's got 16 cards, uh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, he's there on Ocean Avenue. Anyway, yeah. up and out, <laughs> off the ropes, <laughs> <laughs> shoulder block by Burke. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Off again, and Duke with an elbow to send Burke back down. Back to the nerve hold for a while. Finally, Burke with an inverted atomic to break it. The crowd is very loud in my one speaker, by the way. <laughs> I'm just here. And I'm like, oh, my ear. <laughs> big rights by Burke from his knees. Now he's back up. Duke's in trouble, though, as Burke lays in the chop and lands a big right to send Duke back down. Sleeper by Burke. Duke is able to stagger to the ropes, though. Back up. Bulldog out of the corner by Burke. Nicely done. Cover gets a very delicate two count. What even was it like, Kenny? <laughs> he, like, he, like, very calmly got in the mat. He's like, what? Too. Like I was like, what? It's almost as bad as the Bronco Lubitsch like standing count. It's the it's the complete opposite of Earl Hebner or like one of those <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, so it's dramatic. Like, yeah, dramatically opposite. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, here off the ropes, Burke collides with the ref. Duke backdrops him over the top. Jr. Foley once again sends Leo into the post. Does Foley manage every single heel. Like <laughs> so is that far. just the whole company? Yeah, it's kind of what he Jr. Foley's men versus the world, right? Kind of. Yeah, he manages. Most heels, yes. He really does. I haven't seen one heel not managed by him yet. Yeah, you're right. Not one. He's literally managed every heel tonight. 
Uh, back to the apron. Suplex in by Duke. Elbow drop. Ref is back up. One, two, three. Duke Myers wins? Wait, what? Is Leo a champ? Yeah, like, North uh, American. Was, it, was this for the belt? Yes. Uh, okay. We okay, just saw a title change. Okay, that's odd. So J.R. Foley wanders in to celebrate. We have a new North American champion, this Quinn. This old man? Yeah, he played one. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name is Duke <laughs> Myers. But wait, wait, wait. Now Jurgen, remember, or Jurgen, excuse me. Remember him? Yeah, the German referee of the century. Yes, he wanders in from the actor's studio to take mm-hmm. the belt away. He's giving it back to Leo Burke because of the over-the-top rope interference and cheating. So wait, now this ref is good? Well, he is the ref of the year. How did he? How was he a dick against the faces earlier, and now he's like, I gotta fix this. <laughs> yeah, like, no, right? I, I don't even understand the logic here. I, I did tend to mean to screw up here. You didn't win. Did and I, you did, 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 didn't, did, did not. Didn't, did, did, that you did, did. Anyway, JR Foley tries hilariously to punch the ref who blocks the punch, punches JR. For no reason in the background, Duke lands an elbow drop on Leo Burke while this is going on. And we just, basically, the bottom line is Leo Burke is still the champion. Right. Because of James Lipton. And now he'll get to keep it and fight other yeah, people or other whatever people. he wants to do. And then we hard cut to Bret Hart in the mm-hmm. ring with Ed. Yeah, Brett in a white shirt, by the way. He just was like polo shirt or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like a polo. And like jeans on. Yep. And he says he was supposed to be teaming up with Jim Neidhart next week to be taking on Duke Myers. Right. And Dynamite Kid. But Jim had a family emergency. Oh, I see. So Brett's consolation prize here is he's going to be teaming up, Quinn, with Dave Schultz. Cool. Dr. D. Dr. D. But we didn't even mention here. What? So Brett is already tagging with Jim Neidhart. The Hart Foundation was just in this company. It's very... Occasional though, I don't think it happens a lot. It's just odd that like something so prominent that yeah. you, that WWF wouldn't whip out the footage of them like yeah. you know teaming up. It's like and the Hart Foundation. That's where they came from. Yeah, here's uh, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, 1982, and Jim Johnson wrote the theme. Yes, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Bret is um, obviously not good at talking yet. Oh no. Yeah, you know, this is supposed to team team with uh, Jim, and but you know, I, uh, family emergency, so. I'm going to team with Dave Schultz. It's not very good. I couldn't think of a better partner than Schultz. So me and Schultz against uh, Myers and Dynamite, they're going to have their hands full and hopefully we might have two new champions next week. We got the JR, Duke, and Dynamite Duke in the ring. Duke and Dynamite sound like a great tag team name. That's a good name. Duke and Dynamite. Duke and Dynamite. Duke and Dynamite are the tag champs also, by the way. Which they just failed to mention the whole show. The entire show. Yeah. So Duke makes fun of Neidhart. Dynamite's hair is like fluffier now. Yeah. Like he took a shower and then used a hair dryer or something. Like you know what I mean? It, it's exactly what it looks yeah. like. It's seriously. Dynamite calls Nightheart a big fat kid. He's also like fuck Bret Hart yeah. or fuck Bret Hart. Fuck Bret Hart. They also want to know who's replacing Nightheart. And Ed Whalen is like, you want to know? You want to know? It's David Schultz. See, and they, they, get- <laughs> see they didn't hear because yeah, they, they were hear. they were in the shower. Remember? Right, fixing their hair. Yeah, there you go. It and all makes sense. It all makes sense. And they get all nervous when Ed tells them it's going to be David Schultz, which I like. Yeah. And by the way, Duke looks like Jacques Rougeau now. Have right. you seen Jacques like bald yes, Jacques Rougeau? Like he looks like the older Jacques <laughs> he Rougeau. He does, though. And then out of nowhere, and this is just a comedy line, I think, just to be funny, JR says to Ed, you want to go to a party? What is even <laughs> happening? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> That's so funny. So they continue to bitch to Ed about David Schultz, and Ed has a great line. I, I have nothing to do with David Schultz. I'm just the announcer. It's <laughs> funny. Chip Lollipop. I have nothing to do with David Schultz. I've got nothing to do with Just an announcer. So Ed sends him home here. But in the meantime, and in the between time, there's another edition of Stampede Wrestling. 
Bye now. Yeah, bye, bye <laughs> now. Love him. I, I love, love him. him. He's so great. Well, that was it. I mean, honestly, Quinn, I didn't have high hopes. No, I had no hopes. You had none? I had yeah, medium. I was like, this is probably going to be bad. I had me- I had like four out of ten hopes. Mm-hmm. But it really wasn't bad. Much like poutine, Stampede is an acquired taste. But honestly, this is okay. The matches were pretty good. Yeah. Keith Hart! This was actually decent. Some boring wrestling, but of also some high spots. Especially that dynamite jumping off the roof or whatever he did. Yeah. Um, good feuds. Uh, good feuds. Yeah. Way better than I expected. Way better basically. than I expected, too, honestly. Uh, especially some of the, like, the Ed Whalen stuff is always good. You can always count on him to be funny. The only thing, if you're going to go out and watch this, the audio is freaking unacceptable. The like, audio on this is really poor. It's it actually so bad. Is. It's not just us complaining. Yeah. I have these big ass JBL speakers here. See, it, uh, that's why I was like jealous when I was trying to like get it through my dinky fucking like headphones. But and I was like, I can't hear anything. Even I had to crank them much more than I usually yeah. do, you know, to hear something. But anyway, folks, thank you, Kelly Smallwood for the suggestion. We really do appreciate that. And like I said, guys, if you want to put a specific episode review request on our Facebook group, it is there. A couple of other quick things too, before we get out of here. Reminder that if you use Apple Podcasts, iTunes, it used to be known as, right. can you please leave us a review? It helps. It's very helpful. It just is a general help, okay? Mm-hmm. And it costs you nothing. If you do want to support us and you want to get extra content, you can get that. Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. Remember, the 84 Canon right. is out. And that includes the MSG show from January 23rd, it by does. the way, in full. Uh, and it also includes, obviously, on Patreon, the $5 tier, the pay-per-views. That's if you want to support us. But in the meantime... This is a fun show, Quinn. This is a, a different one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Very like celebrities different. and the, the All Burger over the King. place. Yeah, music. Music. We had a lot of fun doing it. We hope you guys enjoyed being with us here. Until next week when we come back, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But until that time, I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. Bye now. See ya. Stampede Wrestling is coming to Vancouver, BC, and surrounding area. And the wrestlers that you're seeing here on Channel 13, you'll be seeing in person and, uh, in Victoria and Vancouver in the very, very near future. Wrestling will be on Channel 13 every Sunday morning from 11 o'clock to 12 noon, so don't miss it. And I'm sure that the fans will be glad to see the type of wrestling that they're accustomed to. There will be such stars as Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion, of course, yours truly, Gene Chinesky, the Hart Boys. I could go on and on uh, because there's so many great, great wrestlers with Stampede Wrestling, and I'm sure that the type of talent that promoter Stu Hart has, that wrestling again will be up the plateau that it joined, that it enjoyed for so many years in the uh, Vancouver and Victoria area. Ed, uh, I've heard some great compliments on your commentary. You've never distorted the TV picture by your remarks. I watched the match this evening, and I see some very, very tough, rugged individuals, some very, very scientific uh, wrestlers, and those who just go in there and let her fly. I think the fans are really in for a wonderful hour of wrestling, that Stampede Wrestling, here on Channel 13, every Sunday morning from 11 o'clock till noon.